Welcome to Play It Chair episode. We were just talking about Texas accents. I mean, this is more than early enough to just restart, right? <laughs> Kurt, <laughs> that, caught it. No. <laughs> um, what episode are we on? 32? Yeah. No. Wait. I think 31. 31? Right. Yeah. I skipped one by accident. You know, <sighs> they, they say I've got a memory like an elephant, but failed me just then. Um, Avast, what have you been up to? Oh, you know. Watching Valorant games, yeah. Hear, uh-huh. Seeing you guys discover you can't buy liquor on Sundays in Texas, <laughs> yeah. Uh, seeing that, you know, uh, watching EU or, or should I say, not watching EU play BO ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all, it's all, you know, pretty good stuff. All Did your favorite team win the Super Bowl? Um, neither of my teams. None, none of the teams that I Who would do you be support? interested in. I as a, I don't really care too much about throwing the old pigskin. Around as they say, but 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 in return, my my state like nationalism, you know, like Mm. because Texas is a little of a nation state, a little bit in a way. It is almost, yeah, yeah. So I would say that if the Cowboys are over there, I always got to do Cowboys. It's always got to be Cowboys for me, you know, like any sort of Texas team for the most part, except the Astros in baseball because they they suck. Yeah, I have I have noticed that ever since moving here that there's. People like they use Texas in the advertising campaigns. Oh yeah, yeah, for everything. They're very, very patriotic. Do it for Texas. Texas is the, is the general yeah. mentality. They would all hate the accent that you did at the beginning. <clears throat> it sounded like you had a bar of soap in your mouth. <laughs> and it was not. It was not. It was, it was trying. You were trying, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I know. Didn't let's get let's get the show started. Patch two point zero two. That's what we're talking about. And I think that's the rifle changes um, so it was predominantly what, oh, right. what, what yes. they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't and people played. are still complaining. They're still complaining, by the way, though. Yeah. Just going to put that out well, there. Yeah. It wasn't being played in the most recent tournament. No. So if you think oh, you've seen true. it, you yeah. probably haven't seen it yet. Uh, unless you've played the game. The game yeah, yeah you, you probably yeah. haven't seen it in tournaments yet. <clears throat> that's true, actually. Didn't think we'd patch again so soon. Consider this the split overhaul patch. Wait, no, this is patch 2.01. Wait, this 2. is 2.01. Maybe 2.02. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll find it at yeah. some point. But yeah, it's a, it predominantly rifle changes. Yeah, to stop running and gunning. To stop the running and gunning. Um, they don't nerf the stinger. In case you were wondering. Yeah, you can still run and gun with the stinger. You can still run and gun with a stinger. The best gun in the game. Yeah, it is pretty good. It's not bad. Oh, this is the rank changes as well. Run. This yeah. is intriguing. Dare I say? Dare you? I, I dare to go further. The, I, I mean, the, the, the expand on this. <laughs> Say more, Brent, please. The rifle Say movement more. changes. Uh-huh. Uh, they just they 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 tweaked a couple of the numbers yeah. to to make it so that it is less effective. Actually, they heavily nerfed it. If you actually they, look they at the, actually, the values yeah. themselves, yeah, the, the values somewhere are... in that article. Um, there's the, the values. I have the itself. values here. The running error across oh, rifles increased. From 3.75 to 5.0. So it's not quite a doubling, Mate. but it's you know, close. Walking error from 0.8 to 1.1. Crouch moving error from 0.3 to 0.8. Yeah. Those poor so, CS nice. players. They've deleted the waddle. The, yeah. <laughs> the waddle. You can't waddle. Yeah, the crab walk is gone. I mean, it wasn't even good anyway compared no, to CS. No, so it now really it's, wasn't. Now it's awful. Yeah. Um, there's also a video somewhere where it shows the... Um, the kind of spray pattern as you're moving 
Mm. Uh, and it compares. Is that any riot? I think riot that was Korean? the riot Korea. Yeah, yeah, riot Korea just does make sense. Better. We can pull that up in a, in a moment, Where, and we can talk about the rank changes as well. So I believe one of the changes they've made is addressing the criticism of the ranked. I mean, it will show up in the video actually. Hopefully, they'll have something to showcase okay. it. But essentially, it means that if you don't belong in your rank, you're just going to get ranked up way quicker. Yeah. So yeah. previously, the, do you remember when we were talking about the the radiance changes? Um, I and, love ooh, the wow. subtitles. It's a nice little spot. I love Am I getting nerfed today? Getting nerfed today? <laughs> <laughs> God, that's funny. The, uh, uh, the, 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 the criticism that the, the Radiant mm. players were stuck at plat three and they couldn't rank up. Okay, that's... Whoa. It's actually... So even if it might look minor, it makes a large difference because you've got to think like... Uh, it's the chance of running and hitting a head, and a head is pretty small. And so even if you double the diameter of the area that you're going for, you're halving the chance. Mm -hmm. But aren't these, more. these are only for, remember, these are only for like rifles. Yeah. Only yeah. rifles, so bonus rounds and like eco rounds and shit, people are still going to pull out the stinger and doming you across the map, you know? That shit's going to be crazy. Yeah. yeah. Do, we, uh, do we think the stinger needs a little bit of a change? Yeah. Is it time to change the stinger? I, I think it does need it's, a change. It's pretty good. If you, pretty good. It, it call, call that a hot take. Mm. I don't know. But I think it's needed a change for a while. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, always, it's been my go-to now, without fail. I used to be yeah. a Bucky boy. Not anymore. No. Mm -hmm. It's a stinger because it's, it's too effective. It is. It's crazy. It's, it's the RNG spray down at range as well. Sometimes you can just win duels against rifle users. You can, yeah. It's It's kind of ridiculous. I think it, it's also I just think, so cheap, right? It's like a yep. thousand credits. Isn't only a thousand. Yeah. I, I'd, yep. like to, I'd like to see it stay as a very cheap option, but I'd like to see the um, a bullet per second nerfed slightly so that if you're still hitting the head, you're still going to... Um, you're still potentially going to win a duel against a rifle, but you're not just going to be able to spray the body and kill people. Uh, because the thing that makes a stinger so effective I think, is that it, it has 20 bullets that get spat out within mm -hmm. the speed of like 0.5 seconds. I right. think it has the highest <laughs> DPS in the game. Really? If you get just on body shots, I <clears> think it I, does. I don't know. Maybe. That might be wrong, though, but I, 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 it's very that's, high either way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think that's actually a pretty reasonable change. Uh, second, the frenzy. The frenzy matter. <laughs> does the frenzy need to change? Anyone? Yes, absolutely. You think so? Yes. Take it to I 500 actually think credits, it's getting 100%. Right now. Yeah. No. Frenzy armor being I mean, available is, on pistol is silly. It's good. It is definitely really good, but... It's as good as the ghost. Put it at 500 credits. Make it an option. Or at least put it to 450 credits so you can't buy that and the armor. I think it's... Oh, that just oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, but I do think it's ridiculous that the Frenzy is 400. So I mean, it, it is. Armor. It's so strong right now because of the fact I think everyone's realized in Valorant a little bit more, in my opinion, as I've seen the game evolve a bit... People are realizing that since it's since you have so much utility, like different types of utility to like on pistol rounds where you can just like sort of run in and there's yeah. not much that they can do to stop you when both teams are on pistols, you know, like you just have to have really good contact and like really like just really good contact when they all like five man rush through like garage, you know, on, on fucking Haven or something, right? Like you're not going to be able to stop them there unless you have like an incredible utility usage right there, which is really hard. So I feel like the 
the variety of utility in Valorant makes pistol rushes really, really strong when both teams have pistols. Obviously, when like it's an eco round, maybe not so much. You can definitely do things about that when you're on a bonus or on rifles or something. But when both teams have pistols, I think the rush is like really, really strong. Yeah, like, incredibly because strong. Even if one team buys like classic armor and then a sage slow or sage wall, whatever, uh, and maybe the raise buys the the boom bot or whatever. If you pistol rush A and you go in a little bit, enough to trigger the counter utility from the defenders, you just back up and you rotate around and you hit the other site and you just clump up and run from site to site. And the, yeah. the first time you do that, you're going to bait out all the utility. People are going to throw all of their utility in the pistol and then I, they, they just run away to the other site. Um, I, I think that changing it to 500 is reasonable just so you can't armor frenzy. Um, hmm. But I, I don't think the actual stats on the gun need to be changed. No, I don't. Only... I don't think that the st the stats of the gun are particularly overpowered. I think thinking about it in that context on the pistol round, I think it's just the fact that you can combine it with the yeah. armor. Maybe you could say the strong. running accuracy is a little too much because you can literally run and spray with that gun, which yeah, sure is a yeah. bit weird for a pistol, honestly. But. Yeah, I, I think the major factor is that you can buy armor with it on pistol. Tell you who was the first proponent of this very early on, Sinatra. Mm. I remember Sinatra oh, yeah. used to oh, just yeah. he was. frenzy armor, and people were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So he was playing Phoenix, so he was yeah. giving up his flashes, and he was playing Race, so he was giving up his boombot and whatever yeah. on the pistol round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Frenzy armor game yeah. early Do on. Do you know who was the biggest proponent of the Stinger? Way back in the day. Oh, I know, but I'll let you say. Code 7 with <laughs> Rob420 and whoever else was on that team. They were playing the Stinger back in the beta. Every, every round two, they'd force yeah. up Stinger armor, <laughs> yep. Stinger light armor. Boom, they're in your face. They fed like motherfuckers as well. Like they, they, they could have fed an army, but <laughs> they were on the right track. They were ahead yeah. of the map. Wait a minute. Code 7 had Rob420? I think, they? I think you're mistaken. No, Rob. you're thinking. No, I was say you're it. thinking of Rob Wiz. I'm thinking of Rob Wiz. I could see you were talking to Rob a lot. I, mean, yeah. Rob I knew you were cooking something up. I knew you were going to have a line at the end. I didn't. I mean, just let him run with it. No, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just got confused. I thought you that was another nickname of his. You said that no. the other day, Josh, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like Rob doesn't play fucking Valorant because I talk to Rob all the time. I get those. I get those two people twisted up in my head for some reason. I don't know why, but I. I get, yeah, I, like I just get their nicknames. Named Rob yeah, it could just be the surely. fact that they're named Rob. <laughs> yeah. uh, but is there anything else uh, major in this patch? I mean, mm. yeah, they've addressed some of the rank changes that people wanted to the see. rank changes. You get to your intended you rank uh, faster. You can't five stack a diamond three anymore. Oh, yeah. What found was like it was essentially... Uh, I mean, I'm sure they write better justification in this article, but the idea mm. was that when they limited it a mortal, what you found was that Diamond threes were five sacking and still going up against the mortals. It was like, I guess, providing an advantage, right, to the yeah, uh, to the diamond I mean, players. That, that does. I uh, like this because now I get to say things like, "Well, I don't even want to make it to diamond three because I just want to play with my friends." <laughs> that's why I'm not in diamond three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm a so plat that's, boy. That's yeah, that's good a change in my book. In diamond three, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's a good change, though. They're, they're making good changes to the ranked system, and people seem to be happier with it than yeah. they were in the past. Yeah. So, not too shabby. 
Ooh, I mean, wow. it did definitely address like some of the issues where people felt like they were playing like this because we had already had they're playing like a kajillion games to get their old MMR get back to that rating, and so they specifically addressed that right about like yeah. you get to play less matches now to get back to your rank, and then also, and I guess they added something which I don't know if anyone was even asking for, but it was a good change was the the pop off elo, you know, when we when you just dominate, you drop a thirty bomb in your fucking plat one game, and you're like yes, like let's go, and then you. Then you pop off, you go to Diamond 1 pretty soon. Yep. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. That that subtitle was incredible. Yeah. As well. I think it was the Sage voice actor doing the, the line reading okay. as well. Oh, is, really? I think so, yeah. Which is why they had it as if it was like actually they Sage. They always do it as Sage? Yeah. I that's so. pretty funny. It is really good, yeah. I like yeah. that, yeah. I think that's very good. The next do you think the director's right? Oh, sorry, Brent. Sorry. Guys. I was going to make a stupid joke. I was going to no, make no, a no. stupid joke. You can no, say no, no. a little my quirky joke, one No, liner. my joke. Now we've already ruined the flow. We're out of the flow state. We're out of it. We can't say it now. We got to go. We I kind of want to make you say the joke just to no, make it I awkward. Mean, no, just keep, please. Keep, no, just keep going. Can't, don't do that to poor Vast. Look at his little face. Oh, he's, he's upset now. <laughs> Here's skin the review. joke. You want to hear the joke? Here's the joke. So the anyway, joke the is skin gonna reviews. Be, you put the stinger <laughs> on the ground. You know, they're going to put the stinger in the next video. The stinger is uh -huh. going to be on the ground. They're going to drop it. It's going to pan in, and then it's going to say in text, Am I getting nerfed now? Just like for the sage earlier. That was going to be the joke. Oh, it was going to pose a hypothetical. Right. But you know, okay, but you yeah, see, yeah, the flow yeah. state's been ruined. And now yep. we've talked to each other like three times. And so this whole thing is just fucked. It's just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Wonderful. Skin, Wonderful. skin review. Skin call, call back. This skin review. I've, I, I skin think, review. What did, what did you want to review here, Josh? You glitch pop. It's a glitch pop. The, the glitch pop. The new glitch pop skins. They were tearing up socials. They called yeah. them People glitch pop. Stop talking about them. Version one point one, but all of the social media <laughs> influencers are calling it two point oh. That's the drama, big controversy. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> big controversy. What are we going to refer to it as? Who who are we aligned with? I want to get hyped by Riot, so I'm going to call it 1.1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could yeah. take the. I'll take. I'll take the opposite line. Then I'll be the man of the people. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Because Wyatt, Wyatt wants to remain unemployed, huh? So, I don't know why. Not sure. Not sure if this is the best move. People say the glitch pop vandal is. Uh, it doesn't miss. That's what mm. they say. Yeah, look, Vandal actually looks up. incredible in this. I'm not going to lie. Uh, these, yeah. I these, think these are better than these the originals. Are definitely better than the originals. But they've added um, color, different color schemes to it. I don't know what they call it in this. They call it chromas in League. But mm -hmm. it, you can change the color scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I love these videos they do with them as well. This video style, the art style that they have yeah. for the Glitch Pop skins, bangs. I, I'd love it if the whole of Valorant was like this. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it, like what is it? Sentient what toast. It's like uh, gunned down. It's, it's like a what is mad happening? hallucinogenic trip. Yeah, it's it's very um, cyberpunky. I it's guess it's not really cyberpunky though because it's like positive. Well, it is. Yeah, though. it's it's more future. It's like a it's like a it's like a but it's poppy. You know the whole yeah, thing. I is don't know what pop. vibe you'd call it. It's, it's glitch it's pop. Like, it's glitchy pop. It's like cyber pop. You know, versus cyberpunk. Yeah, you know they're sure. not—they're not coming yeah. up on the street with their with their with their spiked hair and their bomber jackets, you know. But they have <laughs> robo arms and shit, and they're gonna and they're gonna do—they're gonna mug you, right? No, instead they have all those things. 
but they're also really nice and they're going to offer you like a bowl of ramen or something. No, they're going to no, they're going to offer you a bowl of drugged ramen and then mug you a anyway. But they're not no, going to do it's glitch pop. They're not no, mugging people. They're not going to do it with weapons. They're going to do it with, with by blowing your blowing your mind and yeah. then when you're oh, just slumped true. on the floor just just in a seething state of ecstasy, they take all of your stuff anyway. Yeah. It's still a dystopian future. That's exactly, it, they're just killing you with happiness. That's exactly it's exactly what the marketing it's a team was thinking about. Can we, <laughs> can we uh, see the, the new guns? I don't know if there's a good video that showcases the... Didn't we just watch a video? Yeah, um, but was... the, the different color schemes and whatnot. They had the different color schemes there as well. They had like the, the gold colored one the... and then some of the other stuff, yeah. yeah also... Oh, here we go. And there's yeah. the yeah, there's the new knife, little, little tomahawk action. Little, yeah, that's not as good as the other knife. I kind of like it actually. Does it come with different color schemes? So I, that's one thing I don't know. Mm, you don't, tomahawk, nah, the thing is, that's not as good as the old glitch like pop it. knife. The old glitch pop knife, very clean, very nice. I mean, not not so much clean. I like both of them, but it's yeah. yeah, it's just both of them are right. these aren't like a legendary cool. skin, right? These are like a these aren't like the kajillion so. dollar packs. Right? These are like a. Don't think so. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think they are. I don't pay attention to the prices because I have no intention of buying them anyway. Dude, there are people. I think it was like one of the Exet guys. Was it Weeded or something that said he had spent like three thirty five hundred dollars so far on skins? How? Oh, God. I feel yeah. like they haven't even released thirty five hundred dollars in skins. Well, I, feel I like don't know duplicates? what. It, I don't know. I think maybe across multiple accounts potentially. What? Maybe. Has Weeded spent all of his lifetime earnings in Valorant on the skins? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, I'm pretty sure it's weeded. It was one of the guys from Xset, and then maybe one from BBG as well. But Is he trying to Xset. start like a perpetual energy system where all of the income he receives goes back into the game in the hopes of... <laughs> that's, that's good money. That's good. That's smart money right there. That means Riot essentially made a company store, and then the players are like, they go to the commissary to spend their company dollars, right? <laughs> and that way, they're essentially just back in the Gilded Era. You it's know, like, they're just back in the Gilded Era. They're going to be recycling company money at the company store. That's a smart move. It's like the American Christian seeding philosophy, where it's like, oh yes, I shall donate to Valorant in the hopes that I will receive further bounties in the future from organizations. I, I got scammed in RuneScape from that. <laughs> from, from what? what? That concept. From what? That system. The concept. There was a there, there was a scam in RuneScape, and I was like eleven at the time, and it was called the uh, the trust game, and you. <laughs> <we> would... <laughs> You would follow somebody into this house and it would, they would gather a bunch of people. And then <laughs> this is already ominous. The, the, the start of this is an ominous start to a story sorry, for a sorry, young before child. Before we even get to what happened, yeah. how do they gather the people? So, what so, enticed you in to follow this man? Oh, so they would God. go around Varrock mm. and they would shout. They would say, drop party here or like trust game slash drop party here. And I, I, would, I would see, it's like the hive mind effect. This taught me the hive mind effect at a young age. Because right. I saw a bunch of people following them. Right. Like a huge amount of people following them. And I was like, well, it must be true. So I followed them, mm. got suckered into this pyramid scheme-esque <laughs> scam. We, we went to this little corner hut. And, uh, and then it was like the trust game where I had to trade them an item. And with nothing in return. And the person who traded them the highest value item got the end prize and they got ah. their item back at the end and they did a couple of rounds of it with just like oh little items they did a couple of rounds properly yeah properly right. yeah. so i was like yep this uh -huh. is a real system yeah definitely working this person's just being generous yeah. yep absolutely and then my innocence 
crushed. <laughs> my naivety crushed as they stole oh, my no. runeful helmet. Oh, so they were just no. baiting you into eventually donating something. Yep. And then Love. they took my runeful helmet and I fucking cried all night. <laughs> oh, no. I worked so hard to get that runeful helm. And uh, it was taken away from me. But now you know not to do so stuff sad. like that. Not to go yeah. to strangers' homes but and empty out your pockets. It taught me some valuable life lessons. Do you uh, think all the other people it. following them were in on the scam? I think some of them were. Mm. Yeah, yeah, surely yeah. there had to be at least two I people think some of them were. in on the scam. Because yeah. you just got to keep the ball, you get the ball rolling, right? With yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just need some at the beginning. But yeah. That is wow. tragic. Yeah. So that's, uh, anyway, tragic. what the fuck so, is going on? <laughs> we, we, we were these. doing skins, and then we've, we've gone all the way down to literally just boldface stealing. So, <laughs> sorry, Riot. Like, I don't know. Like, we've gone from skin review to just actual theft of people's, like, money and things. So, I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. I, <laughs> well, that, I will not be why, buying these yeah, skins. That's, that's hmm? why Riot will not be adding a trading system to the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not buying these skins. No? I'll no. tell you why. Okay. Why? Because that seems to be the highest rarity as well, I think. No, it's second highest. Whoa. What's the highest? The red I one? I think, right? Is the red They're one They're kind of good looking. I thought so. I won't be buying these. Okay. Okay. Because I'm waiting it for the Prison Vandal to get back in the store. Mm. I, I, I think I aim better with the Prison Vandal. I don't know if you guys agree. I, it's the laser I, one. I, 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 I haven't seen you play with the Prison Vandal, you know, so the, I don't know. I, I don't have yeah. the info. Whenever I pick it up, I feel like I can beam. Uh -huh. Oh... Some of, I do like these skins, and also the animation as you pull the gun out, it like the the gun itself glitches, which I think is That's pretty very cool. cool. I, I, there's one color, one or two colorways that I like. I don't like this one so much, the default, uh, like the the purple blue, but uh, it's like the red one, the like reddish one, the gold one. Ah, like here those. we go. I haven't really uh, yeah, seen so, these. Yeah, I think that one, I like that one. That one's nice. That's a good color. Mm, I prefer yeah. the blue ones. Yeah. You know they won't well, add a trading system, but what if they add? Uh, what if they add a tr you know the trust drop system where everyone enters <laughs> into a lobby and they drop their highest rated guns, you know, <laughs> and then whoever whoever donates the highest one, they get it back or something like that. I like it. That. I like oh, it. Oh yeah. I, they, so it's not quite trading, but it's sort of trading. I think we did it. Be down for that. We could get him involved. Mm -hmm. So I don't like that idea. No, <laughs> something subconsciously turns me away from it. Yeah. Oh, they've got the gold oh, yeah. ones go, go, afterwards go to the as end well. There, Kurt. Yeah, Wait, that is a, cool. There's, there's the gold. Wait a second, Coming I like up. that operator. Any second now. Are these a different Ooh. legendary status or something? The the different. So you can spend your radiantite points. Wait, the smoke so coming out of it when he shoots it. Dude, oh, this realism like this. is insane. <laughs> this is insane realism. <laughs> It's kind of cool. It looks nice. Dude, these I think it looks nice. Crisis. The yeah, gold I, ones look the best, that actually, out of all of them, in my opinion. I like these gold ones <clears> a yeah, lot. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, I like the gold one, and I like the uh, reddish one before. I mean, listen. I'm not going to literally buy them, but would I buy them? What was that look of ass? I, I was trying to figure out where you were going to go like with this. Like, I'm not going to literally buy them. Yeah, I will I'm not, steal them, but like, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Never. God, I do like that operator, though. I mean, oh, is he going to... Oh, look he, at that. Look at the way the barrel goes are you in gonna, and out and then... You're going to switch? You're going to switch? Look at your... the way the barrel goes in and out. <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I like think this. that's... 
<clears throat> I think that bangs. Fuck it. I quite like that. Yeah, so am I going to get out my credit card and type in the numbers and actually pay my money for these skins? Those silly little three on the back. No. No. But... I don't know if I got yeah. if I stumbled upon a a, a right you had a gift, gift card. card. Yeah. yeah, if I just stumbled across a Valorant gift card, nineteen dollars, nineteen dollar Valorant gift card, mm-hmm. I would buy <laughs> I would buy one of these yeah. skins. I think they're really good skins. Again, yeah. not gonna buy them because I never buy any skins. But I'm tempted. I think they're up there. Yeah, tempted. I'm tempted. I got a lot of Riot bucks just lying yeah, around. Really, I spent a lot of money at the start in the beta mm. when you got the bonus back. I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I'm a sucker for any sort of deal. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, if you give us money, we'll give you more of this fake currency. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a great deal. All right, let me just spend $300 on it. Uh, let's talk about the tournament because that's the meat, the real meat. If you think about our podcast, is it? You didn't, you didn't, didn't ask a vast. Oh, a vast. Sorry, would you like to buy the skins? Oh, I thought we were done with the talk. I mean, I never buy skins. I don't buy skins, God, okay? This, you're I, the same I, as Josh. All right, just... I, I don't buy skins. I Back just don't do it. I'm sorry. Is that how it's you've just got a house? not for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely... I've saved by not eating avocado toast and, <laughs> not, and not going out for coffee and not buying Valorant skins. This, oh. You too can afford a house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, good, good budgeting. just good budgeting there. Exactly the same. Never going to have a house. Mm. Uh, let's talk about the tournament. I want to move on to it. Okay. This is, this is the meat. We've got a sandwich here. Yep. We just got through the brioche bun. Yep. And for some reason, this meat has two different types of sandwich bread. So we got ciabatta at the bottom, but we're going to get to that later. Oh, you're eating the sandwich like a psychopath from the top down. <laughs> <laughs> not from the side. Having no, a no, little no, bit no, of no. all I'm of not, the I'm things. Not, I'm not eating it <laughs> over the top. Oh my goodness. Wait, I just understood that visual. Like, yeah. Wait, yeah. I'm not yeah, eating like, it from the... <laughs> but, he's, but, but, he's powering through this burger, eating all bread, then all meat, no, and then it's just like a snake. at the bottom. It's like a visual. snake. You have to unhinge your jaw and go from like the top. It's a visual. Like a, sure. you're looking at it from the side, and we're looking. Oh, at the top, you got the skin review right, on the right. brioche bread, and now we're getting to the meat. Okay. You know, maybe this is the pickles because it's not that. We you know it's the early days. <laughs> it's the early day exits here. Okay. As you can see. So we're going to go over these teams here. Uh, some of us have got more to say than others. I've heard Envy. this metaphor. I, this is the fourth time on this show that he's done this sandwich metaphor. Really? <laughs> have I? You're really just going to blow him up like that, huh? You're really going to blow up his metaphor. The fourth time like I've done and you all- the sandwich metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> and it always starts with... Look, you got a brioche bun. No, it doesn't. It always starts no, with a brioche doesn't. bun. Really? Find the clips. Find the clips from previous episodes, please. Fine, you keep going. <laughs> You look devastated. Yeah. If anyone in the chat can find the clips from right, previous you episodes. Have to choose another, uh, you have to choose another food item next time with but layers. Use a burrito. Use a burrito. There's yeah. a really famous post, actually, of a guy that was, like, complaining about some guy had, some person had built the burrito at Chipotle, and he had put, like, all the fillings, like, horizontally <laughs> versus integrating them. So, like, each bite was a different, separate layer of fillings. <laughs> so, like, the first bite was sour cream. The second bite was the rice. Then the third bite was like the meat. So like it was all arranged in like a, a like a layer versus like integrated into a burrito. It was uh that, so that could be a good analogy. I think yeah, I don't like that. But also I don't like what you've just brought up because it makes me feel like a an android. <laughs> It makes me feel like a robot. Like you've been hard coded to yeah, always I use haven't... the same metaphor. Oh, there it is. That's oh the picture God, of it. That is That's disgusting. the picture from the post. 
That, that is yeah, absolutely that is... vile. Ha- yeah. <laughs> what? How did they even do that? <laughs> I don't know. But whoever, th- th- to me, this this post implies that that Chipotle worker was wanting to fuck with this guy. Like, because this is a lot of effort, right? It's more effort than just throwing the burrito fillings together. He's ordering it. He's he's making order from once there was chaos, you know, and that like that. He's reversing entropy. Yeah, he was trying to fuck with them. He's just trying to fuck with this guy. That's, that's also an entire of. layer of cilantro. <laughs> oh, that's horrific. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like the topic we're on. I don't like what you brought forward to me. The fact that I have said the same metaphor four times, and this is the only that time was an exaggeration. I have realized. But even it, well, still, it hasn't been four times. Probably three. So you're just gaslighting him. You're actually just gaslighting Bryn. Once again, that was an quiet. exaggeratory like. Is that a word? Exaggeratory? Exaggeratory? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it is. Why he doesn't know? I'm going to gaslight you now. I'm gaslighting your words. Exaggeration? You I like to make <laughs> words up as well, honestly. Exaggeratory. Hyperbolic, I, I think, is what a There was synonym. one word I said. That's a word, isn't it? Isn't I can't remember what it was. I coined it live on, on the OWL broadcast. The Lord knows, you talk so many nonsense words anyway, that I couldn't doesn't matter. keep Let's, a dictionary. Okay. We were just getting mentally boomed on this segue. Envy. The tournament. Envy, envy, envy is what we're going to start with. We're going to work through the teams one after the other. Okay, we've got limited time. We have to go in 20 minutes, so that's a lie. We don't, <laughs> have, to, not, we don't have to go in 20 not minutes. True. <laughs> not true. We actually we have a lot of time. Uh, Envy's early exit here to Luminosity. Was that the, 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 the zero two 2 Now... That was in the well, uppers. They actually technically lost to Exit, finally. Yeah, they that lost was in the, the uppers. upper bracket. Mm. And then they lost to Exit, uh, which yeah. we're going to talk about a little bit more later on as well. Um, so we're, we, we're, But generally speaking, Envy. I mean, what happened here, Vast? You are the spokesperson of Envy, the CEO, Am I the, the spokesperson? CCO. I mean, honestly, I don't think... I think this was a good look for Envy, all things considered. Okay. I didn't think this was a bad tournament run from them. Uh, honestly, like, sure, they lost the Luminosity. They dominated Anbox. They kind of pounded Anbox. But, like, Luminosity was really, really good. I mean, really, really good so far in Challengers. So I don't even think it's unfair to lose the Luminosity because they're just playing so well currently, right? Like, even though I think... I'd the same with as well. Yeah, that's, and, and the Exit game was actually pretty close, mm-hmm. um, all things considered. I, I really think that, like, and one of the... I think it was Split. Yeah, it was Split. Split, Envy kind of just rolled them. They kind of dominated them on split, like, really hard. But I think looking at the stats, I can't remember if Exit has, like, a traditionally bad split. Let's see here. Well, I think the thing with Exit split, they they beat they DSM um, in the open qualifier stage to actually make it here. But past that, the rest of their split games were pretty poor. They are running a very wacky experimental comp. Yeah. And I think it just, yeah. ha- I think it worked. It happened to work against TSM. Like, you could see their plan on defense was working with this wild uh, killjoy setups with Aaron and just mollies everywhere we did on the Viper. There's like quad mollies into B, just infinitely stalling the pushes. And it was a fairly experimental utility comp, and then it just didn't work, I, I feel, against Envy. And I can't remember yeah. who they played a split against later as well. But the two times after that, it just wasn't working. They yeah. played split against, I think it was like, Gingy or Sentinels? It was Sentinels. It was Sentinels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the, I think one of the big differences though is that Envy weren't really prepared for what they were running, and the other teams very much were. 
I, I think it's the kind of composition where you have to know what you're running into before you begin. Like mm-hmm. you have to be aware of where we did is going to put his walls and what your plan is going to be once you get on, in onto the site. You've got to have like an idea in your head of what the protocols are once they begin the retake with the Viper wall and that kind well, of stuff. Well, I mean, but they won, they won split. They did, they won split pretty handedly. Like it was 13-5. Yeah, yeah I, sorry. I mean, I mean when TSM played against them. Oh, when, when TSM, when TSM played, against, played against, yeah, against Exet yeah. and actually Exet's split looked good. I think that was because TSM were running like a very different comp on split. TSM are also not that good on split. Historically, it's been like one of the weakest maps yeah. uh, and it made Exet look better than they were. But for me, when I was watching this series, Exet winning on bind was a, <laughs> an interesting one because I felt like Envy had uh, made... Changes that might be positive for them in the long term, but in the short term, they just haven't figured everything out. Like Mame moving over to the Rays, for example. Mame's been pretty much exclusively a Jet player when he plays Duelist. And when he's kind of... When he has opened the floor for Food and Caboose to play Duelist in the past, he's transitioned over to playing Sage or even Cypher at times and some other weird stuff. Like, I think Mame at one point was even playing Omen. Yeah, he was, yeah. And... Seeing him now just fully commit to the duelist solidifies the roles a little bit more on this team. But it also kicks Caboose over to playing Omen as well, which is odd in, an, in itself. And you unleash some of the worst tendencies of food, I think. Uh, as well as having Mame op on Raze was not working for them. He was no. trying to still hold these really aggressive angles like you would with a jet, and he's trying to use the blast pack to escape. But I don't know if you've ever tried this in your rank games, but pressing E once as jet as a get out m- maneuver is really easy. Missing a shot with your AWP and then turning, blast packing, and trying to get out is way too slow. I mean, he was yeah. getting caught every single time he was mm-hmm. doing that. And it seemed like a failed experiment where... If he's going to op on the raise, he needs to choose his positioning much more conservatively compared to the jet because he's just getting caught every time when he was doing that. So I I thought like, okay, this is a nice idea from Envy, but the specifics of it were wrong. Like the strategy might have made sense, the overall look, but what each person was doing was flawed. I feel like we're, we've ended up in the inevitable future that we prophesized when this roster came together, mm-hmm. which is that the roles were just going to be jumbled. Um, there were going to be yeah. a, a set of consistent role swaps going on that have led yeah, to this weird spot where Caboose's raise had always been pretty great in my mind. Yeah. Um, and he's not I, playing raise. He's stuck on yeah. Omen. I don't think he was having the same impact really on Omen that, mm-hmm. that he was... Uh, when, when he was playing the duelist, they also kept I always TPing. liked his Phoenix and Rays. They but. kept pushing into the TPs. Like, I think <clears> in this <throat> round, Caboose ulted into the TP. But then Envy didn't have a play to make use of that. Caboose just stayed in the oh, TP. yeah. And so it's Caboose like... Caboose has been doing that a lot. He's been... One of, yeah. I've noticed when he went over to Smokes and, like, Omen, he plays, like, a super, like, lurk-style Omen at times. Like, he, he's lurking incredibly hard as Omen. Like, he's going for flanks all the time for huge yeah. like raps and i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that if your team is playing around it and your team knows that that's what you're doing but it seems like caboose is just doing his own shit and none of the team was you know if you have if you're going to use omen at the beginning of the round to get your omen into tp so that it's like almost hidden they don't hear the teleporter noise there's no reason for them to believe he would be in there why aren't you setting up a play off the back of that where 
you've got a, a cam in hookah that gives him the timing to paranoia and push out and get a pick. It's just, it, it's there's no support from the yeah, rest he, of his I team. I mean, he was actually he, he was fortunate to find a kill because he did just swing he out just swung based on randomly. no info. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah, got a kill. This guy just stood there, yeah, not very looking weird. at me. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit odd. I, I I'm not though. I I I like Sage in a general sense. I don't know if they were particularly getting a lot of value out of having the Sage. I mean, there were a lot of moments where food was just set up using the utility for himself and he would make some wide swing on the wall I mean, yeah, just I, die yeah. alone. He, he um, walled hookah and then just wide swing I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're thinking of the, uh, thinking specifically of one of the pistol rounds where, yeah, he was stood in hookah defending. He just put the wall up at I the think it was the, the very round. first round. Yeah, I think it was literally just, the first round of this map. There was no utility, no information gained in sand, and he just swings out on the wall, and there's three guys standing there, and he just dies. <laughs> like, there, I don't know. There were a lot of odd moments like that, um, which, I mean, really, that is something I think that we have discussed being an issue um, with his gameplay in particular since the dawn of this game. He, he just ends up making a lot of plays like that, just dry peaks, a lot of one-and-done angles. Um, and he was definitely getting punished in, in this tournament. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's, I feel like Envy are in a strange place right now. We, we talked weeks ago about how they were kind of slipping post-first strike. It looked like they had lost a lot of their confidence. They weren't playing confidently on, de on defense in particular. They weren't fighting for a lot of map control in the games. Um, and then they, you know, they had a decent showing in what the NSG winter, and now I mean, this is okay, but yeah, but it's only okay. It's they just haven't so kept yeah, up with the same good. pace it's as the good. tier two it's teams. Okay. Yeah, they, at the moment it seems like they are getting passed now by the the new crop of uh, tier one teams, that being Xset, LG, Immortals. Um, I. I don't, I don't know what the solution is for them at this point to, to improve. Aside from, I feel, figuring something out with the roles. Because while this was something new, and I appreciate them trying something new, I don't think this was it. I, I, I'm kind of fine with the roles. I think really? that I, I think you're always going to have an issue on this team. Because you have three people that want to play duelists. You have Mame, you have Food, and you have Caboose. And they, while they do play some of the other... Uh, agents, they are primarily at their best when they're playing that. So whatever way you smush that around, you're going to have issues. So unless you're committed to making a roster move to fix that, this is a fair way of doing it. Having food on the Sage where he can take modules, but he needs to pick his timings way better. But I think these kind of things will come with time. Like, I don't want to mess with the overarching strategy of Envy too much. I just want the play... You need to be coaching the players to make better decisions in the game here, I think. Um, and I know that Envy have been trialing a bunch of coaches recently. And I think that you've got to look at like how Caboose, Food, and Mame are actually using their agents and fitting into the larger strategy for a round. And there was none of that happening on Bind. It was just a mess. Like Everyone just going for individual plays. Interesting. I think it's a long-term a long term build for Envy. What? Like, they'll, they'll have time. The thing yeah. is... Do they have time? Is what I was thinking just a moment ago. Because this this tournament, the, the challengers won. It feeds into challengers two in terms of the top four teams. Yeah. They don't have to go through that bracket. But like, they don't have much time leading from now until challengers two. No, 
it's not it's not much time at all like when are these teams actually going to have an opportunity to retool if they need to if they think that's the right approach i think for a team like envy it's going to be it's going to be just progress over each tournament where they're going to slowly develop this this stuff and i think that even if they don't make it for this first iteration of challengers even if they miss out on challengers finals or masters or whatever the heck is going on with the format mm. now two months down the road there's another opportunity or is it three months down the road something like that and they yeah. could in, it's a point system for 2021 yeah, in theory there's plenty of time yeah 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 i mean you're in a better position than tsm or 100 thieves are right yeah. now yeah yeah, uh, yeah. well yeah <laughs> but they're going to have to compete against those teams in this next yes qualifier it doesn't mean it anything for the next qualifier but yeah. you did better than them this time around so if you yeah. can stay a little bit ahead of the pack I honestly, yeah, I do. Still winnable. I do wonder how these rules would have worked out, but just actually switching Mummy and Caboose, because I think I actually thought Mummy's Omen was pretty damn good when he was on it, and I, I think that Caboose, at least based on what we saw in this tournament, is a more comfortable raise. I wonder if that might just be. A, I mean, a Caboose. I know from talking swan. to Caboose, Caboose himself wanted to move to Omen. Oh, really? So like they proposed, like they brought up, the, they discussed the idea, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try smokes. I want mm. smoke, not I want to smoke. Kids don't smoke. They want, they want to. <laughs> they, they, he wanted to be on smokes and play Omen yeah. specifically because I felt like I think he felt that he could use it because I mean, just looking at his play style, I think he feels like he's gonna take his dualist approach and kind of be more dynamic with Omen than some Omens are because like there are some Omens where they kind of just play that supportive like style." And they're setting up the they're setting up the entry and they're setting up the site hit and like the flashes for the pair and then they just like play behind an entry and stuff, right? But I feel like Caboose is taking his experience with Duelist and applying it to Omen pretty heavily. So in terms of like how he's playing it, the agent. So I do think that like he himself wanted to do it to maybe force them, maybe not force, but you know, just give them a little bit of extra like dynamic play because he felt like maybe they did, they were playing too static before, which I think at times is a fair criticism, like way way early on when they had that game that really famous it was like an ascent game i think where they were like saving for like six rounds in a row or something i can't remember who they were playing but i, I do feel like they nine. needed like a push to be you know a little bit more proactive and you know take that map control maybe caboose is like thinking his swap is going to be the one to do it mm -hmm. yeah the other teams uh, if you allow me to move on oh please yeah. you felt i felt like you were about to make a very I don't know. No. You were going to make a point, and I just came in. I was like, the no. other team. And then you were no. like, ooh. No, go for it. He's just interrupted me. No, Envy okay. has been closed. The yeah, door is closed. I, I have closed the Envy door. That's right. I'm the fucking leader of this <laughs> ship. Okay? okay? He's taking yes, control. Back. I don't want to hear anything else otherwise. <laughs> all right? NRG, Genji, and Ambos are the other teams. We'll start with, with NRG discussing this team, because they had the earliest exit, I think, out of... All of these yeah. teams, that was they just got rolled through in, yeah. into the upper bracket and into the lower bracket. Once got by Genji, right. the second time by Genji. They lost. Oh no, not they. They lost the to Genji. The upper bracket the upper, was Genji. I can't remember. Who no, who was it? They lost to Exet, I think. They, yeah, uh, but yes, in terms of Exet, they did. Oh yes. wait, I was thinking of the qual. My bad, my bad. I, I mean, was thinking of it. Okay. God bless Daps because he brought up this interesting topic of the <laughs> mechanical skill being lower in this game, yep. and then. 
Twitch chat proceeded to meme on him hard as he got annihilated <laughs> in this tournament. Yeah. And his bit Twitch chat just spamming, if only the mechanical skill was higher, NRG would have <laughs> gone further. And it's like, Especially wow. didn't help because he was like bottom fragging or, clo- or yeah. close to bottom fragging I mean, on their matches. Utterly missing the point of what Dabs is saying, but also quite funny. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'll give him a pass on that one. Yeah. What, uh, do we, what do we make of NRG as a team then? I mean, this. I'll tell you what. I was watching. Showing. I was watching Shanks play Yoru. Yeah, and it's quite horrific. There were some things that he was doing that were quite nice. Okay, like what? Uh, like what? Let me think. So, in one of the rounds, I don't know why he didn't do it on the regular, but in one of the rounds, he had his um, had his feet. I don't even know what those abilities are called. Well, like the yeah. fake footsteps, steppy steps. Yeah, yeah. he he Isn't set it them the up. Fake out or something. I think yeah, he set them up out. at the beginning of Hookah, and uh, when. Who were they even playing against? I guess it was Gen G. So Gen-G, I think it was Gen-G Sean, actually. I think Sean was on the raise. And oh, as... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> as Sean <laughs> sent the boom bot up yeah. towards Hooker, he just activates the footsteps and, and they get taken away. And that meant that Sean couldn't really fight for control over Hooker at any point yes. during the game. So it, it, it locked them out from that area. And then a lot of other stuff he was doing was just useless. And the guy basically didn't use his flashes at any point during the game either. Um, but there were some decent thoughts about what yeah. to do oh. with the with the teleporter. Like he would, they were trying to stack at the beginning of A a lot and throw the teleporter towards B. But then Shank spent so long at A without showing himself that the teleporter just expired. <laughs> like there was a lot of just nonsense yeah. that was zero oh, um, value. I'll say this real quick before we get into the meat of the NRG d- discussion because mm. I don't have much to say on NRG as a team. But the, the Yoru play, like, I'm glad we saw at least one team experimenting, but what it does signify is that this team was kind of banking on a bit of, uh, a bit of cheese, you know? Maybe to try and squeeze out some of the wins. Some of the, we, we were speaking, when we were speaking to, to Douglas in our little back chat interview, yeah. he was saying his, about his, his thought behind it was that like, if any team is really relying on Yoru, it is almost as if they are just kind of, at, at that point, the stuff that they were trying is not working. Um, and I think there is a lot of potential with this agent. Uh, of the times that we've spoken to Sean as well, Sean has just been one-tricking him uh, endlessly. Yeah. There's a ton of potential that we haven't yet discovered, and the biggest thing that you pointed out was the, the kind of the counteracting of utility with the boombot, which yeah. is pretty massive. If you have a good read on where, c- given how much raise is being played, yeah. if you have a good read in terms of how they're trying to play with the boombot and, and what area they're trying to trying to take, just being able to completely negate out the utility like that is pretty large. It is I pretty think. big. Yeah. It's pretty large. They only um, played Yoru for like one of the ma- match ma- uh, maps though. One of the matches I should say. They didn't play uh, yeah, it they, versus they in the lower. Switched, I yeah, mean, after was... they lost to Genji for the second game against Exed, they they switched the Yoru and they switched the uh what was it the Killjoy as well, I think, because they had infinite move over to Sky. Yeah, it was he was on Killjoy yeah. first. They had infinite move over to Sky and Shanks just moved back to Jet. Yeah. So permajet they felt at least that there were consequences, uh, due, uh, negative consequences from picking those agents in this game that resulted in the loss, uh, at least enough so to switch it for the next game, and didn't make a difference. Didn't make a difference. Um, they were just really... I, I, I don't know. I, I, this, this NRG team is really struggling to me, and I know they made top eight here, but the qualifying bracket was 
relatively easy. What do you, um, what do we make of Shanks' place on this team still then? Because it's been a bit of time since he's, he's been he's at it. Fine, he's just yeah. doing okay. He's just he's doing fine. okay. I I don't think any. I mean, the the clear outlier on this team is still EU. I mean, who is taking a break? By the way, yeah, EU's, from NRG. EU's taking a break. Oh, really? Did that, to, when did that? Yeah. When did you say that? Yeah, due to health reasons. So um, yeah, uh, wish him the best for sure. Um, but he has been. I mean, he has been carrying this team at times. Uh, he he has been anywhere in the range of their best player to he is carrying this team in terms of the defragging and the and the actual play on the server and just tactically there are just so many energy rounds that it's like oh please god why i mean the, the specifically i went back to show you the round josh i don't know if you can pull it up kurt i'm sure you could if you have the vod you can find it because it's the first overtime round of nrg versus xset um nrg just go they go into b and by they i mean just shanks he throws down a smoke onto the site dashes into B, plants, runs out to long. The entirety of NRG are out in long and in hookah just yeah. trying to spray people on the spike in a 5v5 <laughs> as Xset just walk in, get free control of the entire site, yeah. and win with ease. Yeah. In it's not like they have a silver like, ult. I mean, it's OT. They don't have ults. Yeah, it's They're, just cut, yeah. like, come on. And then, and again, this it's just so... Uh, it, the irony is abundant, <laughs> given what we were talking about last <laughs> week and Josh's point of like, of course the game is random when you're doing shit like this because you're just spraying through smokes. It's just, when I see stuff like this still, it is just... That is something as well that could be rectified quickly. You, a one VOD review, go through round by round basis. What was it? You literally, somebody sitting down and asking these players, what was the so, thought process here? Look, so look at this. Shanks dashes in. He plants the spike in the smoke. Look at, I guess, yeah, can we see, really the see the map. Yeah. I don't know if we can uh, adjust that. Perfect. I mean, you can see based off the gameplay, but yeah, but, not but a single look, person is inside holding a map, man. <laughs> look at the minimap. Yeah, and they don't even have <laughs> anyone in hookah either. So Daps has to run over to try and like reinforce hookah, and then he's just sat outside. I don't know, talking to the sky for a while. Maybe Wait, he shoots now, a molly, this, but this it, is I don't the think most, it hits. Have you ever held the site by literally not having it being on the site anyway, not even looking at it? Yeah, I mean, it's and it's not that it's not that these plays are. So some pros will absolutely defend these kind of plays as being like, it's the best way of being able to stop diffuses. Like, uh, people don't tend to do, tend to talk about it when it comes to bind B, but people will talk about it like on Haven mid and Haven yeah. C of being like, well, you know, it stops the retaker's utility from mattering because if you're in the site, you're going to get hit by paranoias and by drones and recons and this kind of stuff. It's very difficult. So we just, we play safe and we spam the spike but when you when you look at it it is just rng it's just but also, RNG that, to the doesn't max. that ignore the other type of utility as well because like sure you're not gonna hit by nades and flashes but then you're all five man humping each other in one corner and one smoke means you can't see shit yeah. anymore because you yeah. can't even see the site or where they're going yeah so yeah these kind of plays are just it's not that they never work it's that you can't control whether or not they're going to it's work. Just inconsistent. Yeah. yeah so it, it inconsistent. It's just mega inconsistent. And you're but... choosing to do that, by the way. That's not something the game is forcing you to do. That's not Valorant being inconsistent. That's your decision making being inconsistent. And like that that just it just sucks to watch, man. And also, I was feeling relatively 
good about NRG in previous weeks. I was like, hey, they got the role sorted out. Mm-hmm. They're looking, they're looking like they're on the come up. They're doing okay. But when you contrast them to Immortals, LG, and Xset, who were all in very similar positions to NRG and have made yeah. radical, enormous improvements on their fundamentals, on their teamwork, on their just overall defaulting, and some in some levels their strategy too. It, it just makes you look at teams like NRG and go, well, what the fuck are you even doing? Like, you're making progress, but it's so slow that you're getting overtaken by a, bun- a crop of teams that are skilled and much better than you guys are fundamentally. And mm-hmm. at that point, it doesn't really matter how much NRG are improving because they're not improving fast enough to yeah. stay ahead of the pack. And at the end of the day, this is a competition. Like you're, you're assessed according to your peers, and their peers are outpacing <laughs> I mean, yeah, them. Yeah, they're lapping them. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, I was having a, a bit more optimism about NRG and where they could end up over the past month, maybe because it seemed like they were on the the road to improvement. Yeah, they were. But honestly, this tournament kind of sucked the optimism right out of me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was I was just disappointed because um, I. I yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I think I expect more from the, the players that they have, honestly. And, and uh, sort of the, like the, the legacy and the prestige some of them carry. And I, I just expect more from them, honestly. So, so far, I've been, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. What we've discussed at these two teams, it seems like the most glaringly obvious problem is just the lack of an, an idea on a round-by-round basis. Like of how to actually win and execute out. Or like if they have a plan, executing it and carrying it out during the plans. Because you're talking yeah, about, maybe. when you're talking about MV, you're talking about them not, not syncing up ultimates. Not having like a general idea or approach to a round in terms of how yeah. they want to use their ultimates and abilities. You're talking about NRG as well and that overtime post-plan scenario. Like that kind of process that they're going for. They're not really thinking about the game in yeah. terms of like how to win when they're put in those situations. Yeah, I don't think it's an overall plan, though. It's not like the, it's maybe, not like maybe the problem overall, is the yeah. IGL. Overall plan is probably the wrong way to put it because it's, I mean, what is, what is it, mid-round adaptations? It's not really, though. I it's, think the, way, the best way to describe it is that the players don't have protocols based off what other players are doing. So, like, the idea being that if one player does this, yeah. I know that I am supposed to do this in order to, to support them. And that kind of stuff is just non-existent with a lot of these teams. Mm-hmm. And that makes a big difference because when you watch someone like, like LG or, like, Immortals play, for example, these teams that are really on the come-up, except as well, when one of their players goes aggressive in a position... The guy that's behind them knows exactly what he's supposed to do to be able to support, to be able to be in position to trade, or to know, okay, if he's going to go for this push, I need to use my utility here to block off this entrance, or I need to hold this angle for them to stop them getting pushed because they're yeah. they're weak from this position. Like the, it's a that's good way to the put stuff it. that I think is really missing from teams like yeah. NRG. It could be a lack of functional mouth holes, too. Like, honestly, a lot of the shit is just like, like the caboose... TP play, even if they didn't have utility set up with the cam, right? He could have said, yeah. guys, I'm TPing into Telly. Like, I'm TPing into Telly. Let's give me some utility to help me out, right? But no one moves from their positions at all to move forward, right? When And that, that energy play, I think it was very clear they had an idea on that bind. Like, they set up around the site. They didn't. They saw that there wasn't very many people currently contesting them. They sit shanks into dash, plant, and dash out, and then they all just sat outside, right? But they like, have a bit of, uh, yeah, it, the issue with that is, I have, when I looked at that round, immediately I could see they're just, they're prioritizing. When, you, when you're thinking about how to 
take a scenario on a site you have to like weigh different areas in your head in terms of the importance it is to hold them like for example like if they held even just some sort of threat in elbow that causes them to try and clear it out of util like the presence just either bleeding time off the clock or just holding a player in that scenario means that when uh, when this is the overtime scenario here when they're trying to retake through hookah here they're not being pushed off because the angle is being threatened like you have to try and think about how you're approaching these post plans you know yeah. what i mean uh, and that that kind of thought process that is is missing, I think, from these teams, and that 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 can be solved pretty. I'm not going to say easily, but it can be solved with time and just yeah. putting putting work into really training each individual player into good habits when they're playing. It's something that you want them to be just thinking about all the time. And how do I support yeah. my teammate? What areas do we want to prioritize in terms of? In terms of playing it. I think I, this round is just an example of a really bad call from someone. I don't know who yeah. it was. I mean, yeah, this, I, I, is, this like, is I don't know why I keep hammering on to this particular I mean, round, I, but I, I'm kind of using this sort of mentally. This round is an example for me of just a, a trend of just employ like using tactics that are just they're, they're just not. Yeah, because this is good. even like, like poor too, synergy. This isn't even poor synergy. Everyone was on the tactic. exact same page for this. It's yeah. just the page was ripped out of the book and thrown in the dumpster. Yeah. So like it's yeah. just like can, it, they, they're all together. But but you you're seeing that too often though with the team. That is the problem. That is like a glaring example of of uh, an issue that you see consistently throughout series. I also think that there are just fundamental things in that team that are just off. Specifically, a lot of their push timings syncing up with their duelists. It's just off. You can tell. It looks like someone is telling shanks on pushes when to dash in on jet and he just always ends up like two seconds in front of everyone else and he never gets traded mm. uh, the the timings on the pushes are just they're they're always off some is I, I find the same thing with some too there's so many moments the dude plays the game as if he has an aimbot like he can just run around and take every duel and he's just going to kill everyone mm. all the time he's just pushing everything oh someone's going to peek me like, or if someone's coming around the corner, I'm going to go into them. I am peeking everyone. It's, he plays mega aggro, and there's just such little trading for, for him and Shanks and a lot of these pushes. Um, I, I just think there are, I think there are honestly just a litany of problems with the, mm -hmm. with the team right now that need to be ironed Oops. out. I, I, I yeah. really, I, yeah, I, I, again, I'm just disappointed. I thought that they were, I thought that they would be in a better place by now than they are. I mean, it's mm. been what, like five months now? Or, maybe not five months, but like four months? I mean, when did they get signed? October? Yeah, not with, not with Shanks I mean, though, right? Like this. I know, but it's still, since then, it's just been chaos. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I'm just it disappointed. It did still make top eight, which is pretty good. Yeah. But even still, yeah. I, I see where you're coming they're from. They're a what? solid tier two team right now. Yeah. But they don't look like they're cracking tier one it's, anytime it, it, soon. Like no. anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of utility play, uh, inter-team play, trading, I, when you're looking at like the new team, the, you know, Immortals X set, LG, and especially if you want to talk about utility X set, it's just, it's a different planet. With Genji though, which is the, the next team we're going to be covering as well, I feel like it's, in some of these cases... Uh, the issues we brought up, they might apply with Gen.G, but also they got a little bit unfortunate in terms of the bracket because they, they went up in the upper bracket against the Mortals when the Mortals have been on a bit of a tear yeah. and they get knocked into the lower bracket and play against Sentinels, uh, which is unfortunate for them, honestly. Um, all that being said, I think th this is, at least in my mind of where I was placing Gen.G, I think a 
this this is still on the on their come up if that makes sense you know what i mean they 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 had that kind of interim period where they added sean looking pretty good it was looking pretty bad for a, a long time but they're still working on stuff i think they're plateauing though yeah uh, yeah when i watch them they got some nice ideas when it comes to like icebox i actually quite like that they played it incredibly unusually they're like lurking five people through tube into kitchen into the defender's spawn kind of stuff mm. on attack like very a very different thought process of how to play that map which is interesting it's a new map people haven't 100 percent figured it out yeah go wild and it ended up um i think it ended up working actually i think they beat, they sentinels, beat sentinels on icebox they beat sentinels yeah, yeah they did and um i, I think that overall moving sean over to the rays seems positive for the long term though he still hasn't really sean has never been as good on Gen G as he was when he was playing sova previously yeah. which is disappointing unfortunate but maybe the rays if given enough time will end up being a good pick for him overall though it seems like this team is a little stuck they've got good ideas on the map but they just can't seem to uh there's none of the explosiveness and there's none of the uh, pace and uh, excellent fundamentals that a lot of the other teams are demonstrating here. It's it's yeah. a little more slow and plodding from Gen G, which has been their problem that's for all, a while. That's, yeah, it's what we've always talked about with yes. Gen G. Yeah. But it I, doesn't seem like it's going to change. It just seems like they've got some decent players that are kind of stuck. Right now. I, I think they've had some minor improvements. I mean, I think Sean, his raise, I think is definitely better than it was when we were watching it like on just split back mm -hmm. around first strike times. Um, I think he's he's had some more impact. I think his raise has uh, gotten a bit better. And, but yeah, again, I, I mean, it's not, he's not uh, lighting the world on fire right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the big change is obviously bringing in Kusta instead of player one to take over the Cypher role. Also, just... He plays fine. He's good. He's fine. Yeah. But again, never thought player one was the problem. He's also using um, a lot of the same setups yeah, this, as player this one. I was about to say. <laughs> I mean, he's using. He's playing like player one with maybe marginally better fragging. Yeah. I mean, he's he's had some decent games in this tournament. Doesn't seem like a so, different style. No, it's it's not a different style. Not really injecting any new life into that role in the team. No. Um. He's fine though. I mean, which is kind of what we expected. Like, it'd be good. Yeah. But is that is that the solution? Don't think so. Um, I mean, it was an okay showing though. wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. That's just sort of they're more solid than NRG are. They're more oh, solid as a yeah, team for sure. But, for sure. But they still, I think NRG might still be able to go deeper than them in certain tournaments just because they they have the oomph factor. Yeah, a little bit like sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes Shanks and Som will pop off and give you a game, whereas you're not really seeing huge games come out from Sean and Quinn even irregularly. Sometimes Quinn will have a big series, but when you actually see it in the match, it's more him having to get the kills when the rest of his team's flopping a little, mm. rather than him being the X factor that pushes an all right team over the edge. Uh, so yeah, I just. It just feels, I can imagine as well that maybe from the inside it feels like they're stuck. They've tried a lot of different stuff to yeah, really break out of the, the flump he, that they're I in mean, and it hasn't worked. They've tried, yeah, they've tried multiple player swaps, multiple role swaps. I'm sure, yeah, you're probably right. They probably do feel it as well. Yeah, they, they need. Been stuck. But wasn't Kusta a recent addition though? Yeah, he was addition. very recent. 
Yeah, like I, I feel yeah. like they're. They I mean, still you could have... have told me it was player. You could have told me that was player one. I would have believed it. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's so. that's, fair. that's fair. Do they need a bigger shakeup? Um, I don't know. If they've that's... already been doing. Well, they, they also have a new chopping and changing, right? Different pieces. They got a new coach. Their well. their other coach became the uh, manager of the team. Okay. And they signed a new coach who was previously with I think Chaos in CS. We had just moved over, so maybe that'll inject some new ideas into the team. I, I, I know, I, again, another broken record take for me. I've mentioned it every time you've seen Genji play a tournament, but I still would like to see them get Sean on the Sova, put Mikhail uh, back on Smokes, and have GMD be their duelist. Because still for me, GMD is very clearly their best player and one of the best players in the region. Um, his duelist was really good. He was excellent on Rays. He was excellent on Phoenix. I would really like to see him playing a lot of Rays for this team, get Sean back on the roll, where at least from the outside looking in, his best performances were always on Sova. They were, And they yeah. still are. He's, he has played yeah. more duelists now than he ever played Sova. True. Yet his best, his best games were still from back uh, when he was playing Sova. So... Listen, I, I, I understand that I guess he, I mean, supposedly he wants to be playing Duelist. That was a decision he made. But I think this might need to be where a coach or someone else says, yeah, we got to try this. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe they have tried it in scrims and it hasn't worked out or something. You know, there might be stuff going on behind the scenes in that way. Yeah. But it seems from, from our point of view, being unaware of that stuff, that it, it seems like a guy with a huge amount of potential that has been hampered by the role he wants to play he's that's just, what it feels like he's just not a duelist i i yeah. when i when you watch him he doesn't he's just not he's not an aggressive player with like the killer instinct no. that's just not him he he's he is a more passive player that is incredibly skilled he has excellent mechanics he has an excellent sense for the game he's great in clutch situations but he is not like the killer instinct duelist who is running in, finding you an insane entry. No. He doesn't do that. So I, I feel like they should maybe, I mean, honestly, even if they did try that briefly or something in scrims and it wasn't working, you might want to go back and try it again. Um, to play devil's advocate to that idea, though, as well, is that I'd rather him, if he's playing that duelist role, I, don't, I, I want him to be playing the kind of, flow and style that the team plays. It, I, I don't want a Shanks situation where Shanks was coming in and he was so drastically out of sync with the rest of his team when he was playing that duelist role. What a round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, to, I can definitely see a scenario where Sean, maybe he can adapt his play style to play a little bit faster. Like, the, the biggest criticism we've always had of Gen G is they don't have players that can, you know, be that re the, the spearhead in a round that just wins a round outright, maybe like a 2v5 scenario, clutches, you know? But I can definitely see a world in which Sean has come into this team and he has immediately adapted to the flow and style and speed at which Genji want to play, which is like this slow, disciplined style. And maybe that's one of the things that's holding them back. Maybe it is just an overarching shakeup of the identity of this team it needs to change. Maybe, but at that point, in order to change stuff like that, you almost have to kill the team and like yeah. totally rebuild. And I, I hate advocating for that kind of stuff because it's it's you only do that when you've tried everything it's else. It's the lazy way out. Yeah, and it's a yeah. bit of like the easy way out, but also it's just 
you're just throwing in the towel at that point and that isn't a decision that i think you can say i don't know it's hard to tell when the right timing for that is when you're completely on the outside yeah. like what if you're in the team and you're the coach of the team you know which things you've tried in scrims and you know which things you haven't tried mm -hmm. from the outside you can only see what they've done in matches and and you don't know exactly how much experimentation they've yeah. done it could be that there's a long list of things that they haven't tried yet that might fix gen g and blowing it up right now doesn't make any sense or I, that might be yeah. the only answer. I think it's very hard to say from the outside right now. I feel like they still have more they can try. What's been frustrating for me watching this team is that I just, I have never had a problem with any of the players they've had at any point. I yeah. think all the players they've had are good. They, they have, there's no dud player on this team. They're all good. And player one and Effie's were both good, and now they're playing on another team and still playing well. God, so, this play was so nasty. This was, by the yeah. way. I mean, there was like so many good plays during this icebox. But, actually. but, but Quinn, my problem with Quinn doing this kind of stuff is Quinn, when he makes these incredible plays and when he looks like he has amazing games, is the only person on the team that's yeah. doing anything. And yeah. the rest of their team doesn't change it up. It's like Quinn just decides in his head, well, fuck it, this isn't working. I might as well go for some some dumb shit and see if it works. Yeah. But it's not like the rest of the team comes with him and makes use of the space that he creates. No. It's just Quinn gets his team a player advantage and then hopes to God the rest of them can close it out. Yeah, he, that's... he absolutely has some like scream games where he's mm -hmm. just finding all of the picks yeah he, in, where, in terms of the style if not yeah. the skill I, yeah but. i mean i mean yeah in terms of like when you see that scream flip like the switch flips where screams is like i must kill to win game and then Huynh does the same thing like he, yeah. he must simply get kills to win this is the only way yeah like yeah. he will have those games but yeah Sean, it's always i swear it's always sean as well who's second in is like so far behind man they're yeah. just so they're so slow to capitalize off what he does for the team. But also, I don't think he does it with enough consistency. But then where do you draw the line with it's he needs to find seven entries on every dash he does into yeah, a I mean, site. That, that can't the be the answer. is not supporting him enough. Yeah. So he'll have games where he's like, I mean, Huynh is one of the only Jets you'll see who has games that are, it looked, if you were just looking at the stats, it looks like it's an absolute dud. But if you watch the game, he is like dashing in over and over, just trying to create space and he'll find like a one for one on attack. Yeah, but, and his team is just not, that could be a mixed problem though, right? Because I feel like a lot of these issues for a lot of teams that are struggling right now could be just as much blamed on just poor communication between the players, right? Like Hwin could be poor, could be bad at communicating what he's going to do right there, right? When he popped the knives mm -hmm. and he went down through tube, he could have, he might not have said anything until after the play was already done, right? Definitely. He might not have said like, hey, I'm going to go through tube, right? How is your team going to support you? Are they gonna fuck? Are they gonna fucking like you know travel at light speed to your point of to your location? Probably not. If you don't know like what the play is about to be, right? It could yeah. also be that Wynn did say that he screamed to his team, "Guys, I'm about to big dick it," and then everyone is like tippy tapping, like running with very small movements over there. I don't know, but yeah. that that's so hard to choose like from the outside, like what sure. they're gonna do, right? Because like to me, you can see clear distinctions between like there's something that breaks down communication, right? Like going back to our previous examples. When Caboose tellied into portal to put in the teleporter on bind and no one was there, to me that's like poor communication more than likely on Caboose's part. Like saying, like, hey, I'm gonna go to TP and like, you know, like this someone would have just said, like, hey, some come support me, come give me some utility so I know it in swing, right? That seems like poor communication. But then for the other bind example, when we see NRG five stacking out on their uh, pretty much in their spawn to hold their post plant like that seems everyone knows what's going on 
they just did it poorly, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of think that like that's the distinction for Jin Ji here is like where where are they just bad at telling each other what they're doing or is it one person that's really bad at telling them what they're going to do right yeah and that's yeah. like the distinction it's, it's, from I the mean, outside you can only t- yeah from the outside you can just tell there is a problem you can't yeah. tell who is at and, fault and I and I was going to say though my wider point being with me saying that they have had now with this roster seven good players um, that have cycled through the team it leads me to never I don't want to blow it up I want them to work it out because I don't think it's a it's a player issue at least in terms of what we're seeing in the server so that leads me to to want the team to continue and actually just solve the problems because they're they're still just hanging around now on the on the cusp of you know trying to get back into tier one um yeah they just have to find the right answer and I I mean at this point I mean this roster is fine just Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so all right, our last team in the list of disappointments is uh, <laughs> is Anbox. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if well, I will, I don't know if Anbox were a disappointment. They this is my current stance on Anbox, and and if you look at this, they they lost to Sentinels who have knocked them out of tournaments. I think like three times in yeah. a row now. They just can't be. They Sentinels. also got absolutely and, dumpstered by Envy on buying. Yeah. They did. Oh my I, I will, god! Inbox they got bind has has been in the struggle zone recently. I this say, is the, no. Sorry, you go ahead. Uh, what? But basically, where, where I'm sitting at with Anbox right now is the the teams they're playing against. There is an individual skill threshold that if the opposing team crosses, Anbox cannot win. Like they were able to beat T1. A team with, I think, better individual skill, maybe overall, if you're like totaling it up in a point count, than Anbox. But it's not by enough of a margin that Anbox can't win with really good tactics, good site executes, good planning. But against Envy, Sentinels, I think the individual skill level crosses that threshold, and Anbox, they can't mm-hmm. keep up. That, that's kind of where I'm sat at with them right now. I said it in the previous episode. They're the thinking man's team, but... As every weedy young boy from middle school will know, sometimes brawn beats brain. <laughs> so that's such a yeah. that that was that. <laughs> I mean, this is just like I feel like I just heard like oh, sometimes the nice guys they just finish last. <laughs> like, that's what I just heard. It's like these stupid jocks. They don't respect me, and I'm in the library grinding. Like, yeah, but that's. I mean, it's just a reality. Like you can't. You can't win all the time just by virtue of being a, a more planned I'm, out team. I'm waiting for the tournament, though, where Anbox actually do show up and, and go deep, you know? Because for the longest time, they've been the team that was promised. You know what I mean? Like, how many oh, times have we talked about by the Anbox? Way, by the way, sorry to interrupt. Can we go back to the beginning of this round? Because I was going to make a little video about this, but I guess we'll do it live on Chat because it's only a very small thing. This was Envy running Phoenix on Ascent. Uh, sorry, on Icebox, right? So they go forwards and they flash to get Caboose into position here. And look how Caboose escapes from this, uh, this play. It's lovely. He, I've never seen someone do this before. He uses a midair smoke in order to get out. Okay, so he gets the kill and he puts the smoke deliberately midair so that he can get onto the tube and get out. And as he falls... The smoke falls at the same time as he does to obscure him the entire way through. See, but that's, that's why I'm saying I think Caboose on the smokes was uh, is actually not a terrible move because I feel like he he really no, understands how to use 
Caboose utility. played really well on Omen on this map. His his teleports were, were very, general, very good. Much better than food on the Okay, now let's move on. Let's go back to yeah. Bryn's yeah. Anbox rant. Well, the, the, the point I was making is we have... I feels like every time we talk about Anbox, it is a team that is just always on the cusp of breaking in. You know what I mean? They're so close because they've got... You can see the inner workings of this team. You can see the potential. And it's almost there. And fucking Android is dominating. Um... But they just, they can't come close within these tournaments. Uh, and what is the, you think the overall issue is that they're just getting out-muscled, Josh, is what you brought up. I mean, yeah, that was Wyatt's point as well, is that eventually they can't yeah. end up holding their own. They end up just losing too many aim duels. I think oh, the obvious exception being Android. Android looks like he's cracked. And yay. Yay has some games where he looks very good as well. Um, yay plays the the breach occasionally where he looks really good. And he's, his orping generally looks uh, pretty decent too. The <laughs> the rest of the team though seems to struggle when it comes down to the the skill diff against yeah. the best teams. I mean, I think it's that simple. I just think there's a fire. Yeah, there's just a not enough individual skill. Once once I think you they're just getting gene gapped, huh? I, I think they're. <laughs> some, some, I think. Sorry, what? Gene gap? You've ever heard that before? No, gene gap? never heard that. It's like it's literally just when someone's just better than you. Someone's just better than uh, you. So uh, for some reason, when gap. you said that, I thought of jeans that you wear. What? what? Okay, well, where's I mean... the correlation? There's none. <laughs> what there is, is absolutely <laughs> none. Is, like, someone you're at a party and someone walks up with a really nice pair of pants. Like, damn, I've just been jean capped, dude. Yeah. <laughs> some nice, yeah. This is some nice fucking pants he's got. Jean yeah, gap. the Levi diff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think right now. I think Anbox are destined to be like a quarterfinal team. I think they're going to they're make, make some changes. I think they're going to make top eights. I think they're going to be the the um, maybe like the the gateway team from tier one point yeah. five to one. They're going to be locking it down. I I just can't. When you look at the other teams now, the amount of teams that they're going to they're the, like the amount of tier one teams and the teams that are going to be uh, facing in quarterfinals. They're always going to be going up against an Xset, an LG, an Immortals, a Sentinels, a TSM, 100 yeah, things, yeah. Envy. Yeah. I mean, they're just not beating any of those teams. Mm. But they can beat all the teams below them, and they can beat, beat uh, the teams near them, like T1, etc. Yeah. But... I mean, I think they'd have a chance if they played against teams that were like Xset, for example. Maybe Xset. Like, maybe. But, but yeah, the firepower yeah. ends up being a bit too big. I think, I think something they could work on as well, though, is just being in position to support Android and Ye every single time. Like, if these if these three of Boy, Seb, and Poach are going to be, you know, l lacking a little bit when it comes down to taking the, the aim jewels, just try and be in position to to trade out mega effectively. Mm -hmm. And that's a, one way to try and mitigate the, the firepower difference a little bit. I mean, Just really focusing on being in the perfect position to support the better fraggers. Yeah. I mean, on some maps, I mean, I wonder if maybe they should uh, attempt to give them you know what Sliggy was talking about. Give him a bit more of like the scream treatment. Like, mm. no, no, Android, you're gonna drop seventy on this map. <laughs> We're just gonna f like run more yeah. breach. Just give them yeah, more yeah. utility yeah. for Android and Yay to just pop harder. Um, I don't know. Intriguing. But, yeah. I mean, still, it was you know they made top eight. Yeah, they did make that's, top eight. I mean, that's yeah. the one. That's good. It's the one thing good. about all these teams we're discussing is they did make it in. Yeah, um, and Anbox had there are some teams that did not though. <laughs> just yeah. by, so we're really hard on these teams, but I feel like they actually all things, especially Jinji. I was 
I, I even though we already we already did our daily Jinji rant, are they good? Are they bad? Do we need to get rid of this team? We've already done this. We do this every time. But like you know, like <laughs> I was still pretty impressed with Jinji's. Like feel like they're coming up a little bit in this tournament. They still didn't perform yeah, amazing. I, they didn't perform well, but all I this stand by that well. as well. I think they got a little bit unfortunate running into the the grand finalists in yeah. in this early on in the in the bracket. Um, but but again, I mean, the, the 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 interesting thing about this tournament is that the kind of ramifications of doing poorly in it, not too bad. I mean, top four makes it in, they skip it the, the, yeah. in terms of the Challenger 2 qualification. But generally speaking, most teams are going to have to go through that um, qualification gauntlet, if you will, um, again for Challenger 2. Yeah, I mean, um, the team that's going to be kicking themselves the most here is Envy because they could have beaten Exet and moved on to... Uh, yeah. Challenger two immediately because they would have had they would have booked themselves into that fourth place slot. You know, Gen, Gen G, like you uh, said, uh, they ran into the eventual finalist teams. They they can feel like okay, we got unlucky this time. Next time, GG, we go again. For Envy, they are going to be going up against a, a bracket that has a lot of dangerous teams that can still beat them, and they have the expectation of definitely making it to Challengers two. Like that's the that's the expectation they've set on themselves yeah. based on prior performances. So they're the ones yeah. that are going to be kicking themselves despite the fact that they performed all right. Let's start talking about the Perry Mayo. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm talking condiment. <laughs> the thing that yeah. really makes the burger. The, exactly. The thing yeah. that really brings it together, you know? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is this is it here. Exit, Algae, and Immortals. These are our teams that made it further. And like, yeah, as we've been kind of talking about the woes of the earlier teams, the bottom of those eight teams that are in the bracket, at the end of the day, there, there can only be a select few teams that do make it forwards. And these will done. Starting with Exit, we've talked about this team a lot. The, uh, the the new up-and-comers. This is the team that's kind of... I don't, I'm not going to say they came out of nowhere because they were winning tournaments beforehand in Tier 2. They were. Yeah. Um, and, and they have been showing some good, some good signs as well. But this is the kind of performance that we were expecting from the teams we were just discussing. You know what I mean? We're expecting that kind of ramp-up. But they've just come out of, realistically, uh, what seems like nowhere, I imagine, to the casual viewer. Very strong fundamentals, a clear understanding and grasp of how they want to play together as a team, and it is showcased in this tournament, I think, yeah. with their overall performance. Well, think about, like, First Strike. Except and now I've got to go. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye, Bryn. Except we're pretty close to making a, a good performance happen in First Strike. Like They had really yeah. competitive games against Immortals and the yeah. other Tier 2 teams, and they were punching and they were trying to get there, and then they've worked on their fundamentals, they've added a new player, and boom, they are now quite firmly in tier one, I would say. They're towards the bottom level of the tier one, but they're definitely in there. It would be wrong to it would be wrong to say that this was a one off tournament result for them. No. Or, or that they are inconsistent. Because they've in the last two more months, okay, there's been a winter break that's been going on as well, but you could say like over the last three months, they've made very steady, consistent improvements to get deeper and deeper into tournaments and now beat tier one competition and make it into the top four and get a qualification spot in Challengers 2. The, these guys didn't really come out of nowhere if, you, if you've if you been following the tier two scene. They've, yeah. they've just done the hard work, done the grind. They, they've, they have, yeah, they have been grinding for a long time now. Um, I mean, I remember Xset, they initially signed uh, Thwaifo and from there they had uh, put this team together. And that was a long time ago, man. It have been like six months ago now, seven months ago or something. They've been grinding for a really long time. They've been steadily improving throughout that whole time. And I, I really like this team. And I think that they're going to be very consistent. And I think that there's still a lot of room to improve. What excites me about them the most, though, is that they have a really good grasp of the utility in the game. The players on their team, while some of them do have 
very good aim. Like Pure is an excellent aimer. BCJ is an excellent fragger. Uh, they have several players, but they outplay uh, uh, opposing players through utility usage so often, just creative yeah. utility usage, like Thwaifo, the actual TikTok cipher, just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. wacky cages everywhere. Um, what is he, TikTok cipher? I started seeing this being repeated. When did TikTok cipher? I mean, because we Sorry. were talking, basically it, the idea was, it was like, at first it was like, you know, like a Reddit cipher, like you're using weird cages. And then I someone see. said it was like it's a TikTok cipher, so we're just running with it. Apparently, there are a lot of like tutorial TikTok videos, videos on, 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 on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So no, they genuinely that. are. Yeah. So we're we're uh, going to change the uh, phraseology of the Valorant culture, yeah. and we're we're calling it TikTok cipher now. Um, but he he has a lot of unique cages and unique utility usage that he's just uh, presumably come up with on his own or has learned somewhere that not a lot of other top ciphers or any of them are using. Yeah. He's excellent at taking map control, pushing up, setting up like unique traps that he can play off of. Um, and I think Pure is one of the most interesting Jets right now. He plays Jet with a rifle, like he still has an op, and I find it very funny, but it works. Like <laughs> he will push up, hold an angle, as if he has an op with a rifle, he will get the headshot, and then he just has the dash lineup to get out. Mm. I just don't see a lot of Jets doing that with the same level of consistency or proficiency as him. It's pretty funny to watch, but again, just an excellent usage of the utility that he has. He's not one of the Jets that like you're watching, and he's just pulling off crazy 4K ni like knives around every six seconds. Yeah. He's not, but... He is one of the players for this team that is just consistently getting them impact frags. He finds openings constantly. He's I, have a theorem, I have a theorem. I have a theorem, by the way, about okay. since they're so because I agree with you because I've started to become an exit simp over time. Okay. Oh, I have. here we go. Yeah, uh, but I have a theory about utility usage and like a team understanding utility and based off Viper. If a team is able to play Viper and mm. get value from it, now granted they didn't on their they didn't I think on their like their what was it their I think it was like their ascent. No, 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 it wasn't their ascent. It was their bind or something, one of their matches. But if it, no, a split. If whenever, they, they didn't get a lot of usage there. But if the team understands how to know to play Viper, I feel like a team knows how to use utility really well. That's just my theorem. That's my Viper mm. theorem. Because I feel like it requires you to really understand like, okay, we're going to split the map this way with the wall. We're using mollies to control space. Like we're having smokes everywhere at like very critical times. And like the whole ult of Viper is literally just one giant map control ult. Of just like you play this and you play around it like i feel like if a team knows how to exploit viper and use it a team understands how to use utility really well on average yeah, on average sure. that's yeah, my I, viper theorem i think that's, that's a reasonable theorem a reasonable honestly theory yeah uh, what i like about exit as well is that they function as a team they work really well as a team like they've they've got their fundamentals down they have a a good strategy idea of what they want to do in the round. They have good utility usage to be able to support it. It's not like their players are dominant freaks that are just tearing the server up, but each one of them puts in the necessary work and is there to trade, and they have good timings on double peaks and stuff to be able to get into sites. It's just, it's a well-functioning machine, the XSET uh, team. Uh, they're, they're a fun team to watch, and yeah. they look like they are going to consistently continue to develop. Um, I actually think BCJ is kind of a freak, though. I will BCJ. say. I do think, BC, I do think BCJ is kind of a freak. I One will, of the I will highlights say. on this team for me. I'm glad you brought him up um, because he just has a really nice, solid understanding of timing over, overall. Just in, a, in the overarching plan of his team, when he should be swinging, when he should be peaking, when he should be lurking. Um, 
yeah, it's it, it kind of quite reminiscent of, I suppose, I guess, Sabrosa when he's on the Omen on some maps. Mm. But uh, yeah, overall, he just has a, a really nice read of the opposition that he's playing against and when to maximize his windows of just I don't know, swinging into the enemy, getting a nice little two-piece, maybe even just one kill and backing off and uh, threatening. He's, a, he's an intelligent player is the overall gist of what I'm trying to get at here. Um, which alongside the rest of the X set, which I, I imagine you guys have already talked about, the really rock-solid fundamentals of this team yeah. uh, mean that they're just an exciting team to watch for future prospects. Yeah. It is interesting. The comp that they use on Split is really interesting. The way that they move Thwaifo over to the Breach. It's wild. And they have yeah. Aaron, who normally is their like raise player, moves over to yeah, play Killjoy. the, the Killjoy for very them. very strange. Yeah, it in maybe fact. indicates that Thwaifo doesn't really want to play Killjoy, or maybe there's no one else that plays the Breach. There's yeah. clearly some kind of role juggling that occurs there. Um, but it seems to be pretty effective for them. Like, Swifo is good on the breach when he plays this map. I think that the the comp has some decent ideas. It's it's not their best yeah. map, but they, they've they certainly got some idea, some concrete strategy for how they want to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sprinkling a couple of division striker plays as well every now and then. Some yeah, flash and dashes yeah, on, on split. Do. Yeah, it's it's nice. The next team that we want to talk about, though, you can see it at the bottom, LG. Uh, and this is a, the team that's been the hot commodity these days, you know, in terms of social media. Oh, People yeah. want to talk about them. Um, but they are a good team in this current sort of meta that's developing and surrounding NA at the moment when it comes to utility usage um, because they just tend to play, again, the, uh, the rock-solid foundation style where... They are going to be swinging effectively. They're going to be spacing themselves. They know exactly how to play into the enemy. Um, and they have some nutty fraggers as well. And they do. It's the fragging fraggers. potential, which is the thing that separates them, honestly, from a lot of these teams. Um, uh, and they are making some deep runs these days. Obviously, they, they ended up getting knocked down into the lower finals and then played against Sentinels. It was a really good match. Yeah. Um, you talk about consistency, though. And LG have made... What they they won the NSG tournament over yeah. Sentinels, mm -hmm. and now they make third here, just lose so beating Sentinels in the upper bracket, and then losing to them in a really tight game in the lower final. Th this is a team that, while the style might get criticised as inconsistent, LG are playing it with consistency. They are getting yeah. very consistently excellent results from playing this style of um, contact play, very low utility. And the way that Shazam put it in the interview last night, which I thought was really good, is info-starving their opponents. They're not using utility very much, so their opponents don't get the information based off utility being used. And that makes it really hard to play against a team like LG, who have the fragging potential to be able to take aim duels and beat you. And they are, in some sense, simplifying the game down and being able to maximize the thing that they are best at which is their rifling and their fundamentals and their, their trading for each other. Yeah. Makes sense. I will say I am interested in seeing them in the future tested against other top teams because we've seen them against Sentinels now three times. We've seen them against Immortals, but... I want to see them against 100 Thieves. I, I need to see LG against 100 Thieves and I need to see them against TSM. And they can play 100 Thieves with Nitro because Nitro says he will be back for Challenger 2. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that, I mean, that's assuming that 100 Thieves actually qualify, though. Because yeah, LG are already in. that. Right. Yeah. Um, but that is what I really want to see because, you know, I, I, I do wonder to what extent just the uh, stylistic clashes that occur between teams, how does that factor in with them having played Sentinels three times versus 
if they're yeah. going up against TSM. Or and now that there's so much more game tape on them as well, and people right. understand I mean, how they play a lot more, it should be easier to counter them too. That is one of the mega advantages that they had over Sentinels earlier on, was that Sentinels did not know how they played. LG had clearly watched tape on them. They were uh, expecting a lot of the classic Sentinels play. Like, the, the Sentinels players' tendencies were getting exploited by LG, is what I'm getting at, because there is so much tape of them out there. And that is just not the case for LG. But at this point, you could see the, the tide start to turn on that, um, mm. with Sentinels beating them. But still, this is a very good performance. It's Yeah, it absolutely cements them in... Tier one, everybody knows the players on their team are just cracked out. God, I love these stinger eco rounds where everyone's just like <laughs> running and gunning. You feel like you're in fucking favela and Modern Warfare 2 with the UFP. <laughs> and like everyone's just running around and shooting and shit. Like I love, <laughs> I love stinger rounds. Yep, that's what I the game is all about. Yep. Yeah. This is what it was intended to be. Well, yeah, <laughs> enough the stinger, please. But yeah, I, I, uh, I think LG are going to maintain a spot in the tier one for, for quite a while. Yeah, their fundamentals are just so good. The individual skill is super high. And I still think they have room to improve because on attack side, I think tactically they're fairly dry. Um, I think that there's a lot of room to improve there. And uh, in terms of some of the individual play, I think that Moose still has a ways he can improve being that he's really new. That being said, to his credit, I already think he's improved a lot since... Mm -hmm. um, we saw them win the NSG. Moose was having a lot of a lot of really nice plays throughout the course of this tournament, and I was, yeah, I'm just impressed with how far he's come already. Um, and there's still ways to go. And I think that with how much Ray's Dre is playing, he really needs to improve his utility usage because the rest of his gameplay is excellent. And if he can do that, he'll be a pretty complete player. Um, so yeah, I think still more room to grow. Great team. Yeah, and I want to see how they adapt once teams start figuring them out a bit. Mm. Like once, once LG's style is completely understood and teams start um, reading them, setting traps for them with utility, uh, trying to isolate an individual player that they know is likely to push up or maybe immediately get trade kills on Thief so that he can't just pop off on the Reina. These, these kind of things I want to see LG respond to. Because I think that they've been, their success at the moment is well-deserved, but it's also, they haven't been forced to adapt yet. And for some, t for, well, for every team, it is harder to stay on top than it is to get to the top. And LG have got to the top. They won a, the NSG tournament and they've finished third here. They're a clear tier one team that has a chance to win a tournament if they're oh. in it. That's the state that they're at right now. But... If their players aren't, if Thief isn't popping off like that, or if the opponent's got a good read on them, what's next for them? What's the plan B? How do yeah. they maintain this position? I think we don't have the answers to that yet. And that's, that's I think, the next big test for LG, is maintaining yeah. this position well, at the top. Now there's so much more game tape on them. Definitely. We'll touch on the play style, I think, a little bit more after this topic. We're talking about Shazam as well. Yeah. And, uh, and his little rant on, on this kind of play style. That's Passionate developing. discussion. Yep. Not well, a rant. We've titled it as a rant. Uh, <laughs> and we'll get into it after this because we've got one more team to talk about, which is Immortals. The Immortals team, uh, for the longest time, I don't think it's any stretch of the imagination to say this is the best iteration of Immortals that has existed. There were a lot of question marks in our minds of maybe maybe with exceptions to Asuna and Dicey when they were in this team, but even still. like I don't think that's an exception. I think, that's, I think that also shows how good this version is. 
that when they had Asuna and Dicey, this is still a better version, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, I, I, but And here's the thing as well. We had a lot of questions in our minds because when we last made this episode, it was like around the time of the seeding tournament and Immortals were taking it quite seriously. They were playing very well in it. They were essentially win- I think they won the seeding tournament. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, overall. And the, the, we had questions in our minds like, okay, well, how, how good actually is the Immortals team? Because not every team was taking that seeding tournament seriously. Well, they came up and they made it all the way to the finals not dropping a game in the upper bracket until the finals itself. So really impressive run overall from Immortals. And again, just showcasing, one, I think the scouting and the structure of this team to make it this far, but just all the pieces coming together in, uh, it's almost like uh, you can tell the the work that's been done in this team. And unfortunately, I mean, I think we're going to touch on this now as well as we're going into the grand finals as well. It kind of got undone a little bit in the finals against Sentinels almost. I think a lot of the work you can start to see the screws coming a little bit loose. Mm-hmm. I think with some of the some of the just the the real the real things that we were praising them on earlier on in this tournament for the upper bracket. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but I think that was the general approach on my takeaway from the grand finals. Yeah, I I would say that Sentinels were on quite a heater. There's a mixture of mixture of things, right? But I feel yeah. like that was a game where you were seeing less confidence from some of the stars in Immortals as well, um, which they had been exuding throughout the, the rest of the tournament. I mean, we've seen excellent play from Shot Up and Chemicals the whole time. And then in that grand final, there were just, there, there were a number of crucial moments where they had lost aim duels that uh, maybe at a different stage of that tournament or on a different day, they may have very well won. Um, but overall, I, I think this Immortals team had a very impressive showing. One of the only questions in my mind maybe is how much of this might be a honeymoon period because they did honeymoon hard when they first got shot up. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But I think that given how short of a time they've been together, or at least it seems like they've been together for a relatively short period of time, I don't know if that will be a massive factor. And also they were pretty tactically sound. Yeah. They had a number of excellent plays on defense. We were speaking to how good their bind gameplay was throughout the tournament. And that level of coordination already from such a new team mixed with the level of skill that they have now, really across the board, I think the entire roster, I mean, the the roster is just stacked. Um, Every player on it provides a lot of value in the server, a lot of in-game impact. So I think this is just going to be a top team moving forward, and I'm I'm just very impressed. Genuinely, in a general sense, across the board. I think all aspects of their gameplay, they had shown moments of excellence. Yeah, I, I think that they tend to get, by the community, I've seen this a lot in my Twitch chat when I was doing the companion streams as well, is that people are lumping them in with LG as being a team that just plays contact around the map and is relying on their intuition for the timings and for the um the fragging to to take them through but i think that that's wrong when it comes to immortals i think that they definitely have some component of that shot up loves making these cheeky pushes down into areas and seeing if he can get away with murder just based on his uh his rifling and his timing to to push like that but that isn't the only thing that immortals are doing tactically i mean this was where dapper was straight up baiting just trying to not die. Yeah, he was... He preserve was, the KD. Actually trying kill, to preserve the KD. KD preservation. KD on? Eight zero zero. Eight and zero. Yeah, actually baiting uh. Shazam. 
<laughs> but he, he was in my chat afterwards and he was like, yeah, yeah, there was one round where I just decided, I just said, Shazam, I'm not going to die. You go in. <laughs> and that was that round. I mean, imagine doing that in a final. Unbelievable. The, the scenes from trolling. Douglas Appa. But I think Immortals, you, take a look at how Immortals play the defense of Bind and the amount of utility they use to hold on to showers and how good their retakes are from showers and from uh, CT when the defenders rotate back in. And take a look at their, their rotations when they play on Haven, for example, on, on their attack, where they'll pressure towards one side of the map, they'll have JC Stani still holding down C long, and then they'll rotate back to C just based on the mid-round calling. Like, they have so much more strategy than just shot up, go kill, which is genu genuinely what a lot of people think Immortals finals, are winning it's, via. It's... Yeah. <sighs> Finals it's, is a bad indication, I was just going to say, yeah. for, for what Josh was just saying. Well, I, can, I think all of that fell to pieces. It did, I, yeah, I in think, the finals, which I is what we're watching a, here. But I the, think there was some level of nerves that played into the finals too. Absolutely. Because people are going to talk about, well, the style of Immortals is just that they have to hit their shots. So sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it isn't. But come the fuck on. Half of the time that you're, you're seeing them whiff the shot, it's, it's not them making some crazy aggressive play. It's them holding an angle on the defense yeah. and just whiffing. And that isn't to do with the style that Immortals play. That's to do with the players not playing up to their normal caliber, whether it be due to nerves, whether it be due to whatever it was. But the decision-making and the rifling that I was seeing from Chemicals in particular in this series compared to previously was not the same. I mean, Chemicals was popping the fuck off in these previous games. And here, he just seemed like a non-factor. So... I think there was some nerves or something that led to Immortals yeah. crumbling here. I think Sometimes they just realized the Sentinels had the Nitrous on them. in the tank, right? And runs you over, which is what happened here a bit. Like, J1, mm. Sinatra kind of ran them over. Yeah, oh, he did. I, I mean, mean, Sentinels yeah. daddy dicked they, them. They came out the gate just plowing them on split. <laughs> I mean, so, and from that point on, they, they just could not. I mean, did they even have a lead at, on any map at any point in the series? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't so. think so. I mean, I think they were just getting but, plowed that, the yeah, whole time. That was the point but, I was. Sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt. I just wanted to yeah. say that that was the point that Josh was um, making about how tactically sound this was. It's a bad, if your only impression of them is from this finals, you, you, yeah. I can understand why you're getting the wrong read of Immortals. Yeah, yeah but go and, go and watch some of their previous games. Like, go watch yeah. them play against um, against Exit or against Gen G. Look yeah. how they pounded Gen G. It wasn't just by running into them and rifling them. Or, Although they do some of that. I'm not saying they don't do it at all. But there are also some pretty good, I wouldn't even call it tactics, strategy, like overarching understanding of how which areas of the map they want to fight over, how they want to play the rounds out, mm -hmm. and then playing these very late round hits I mean, when you, they're on attack. It's pretty good. Even it's better, bad. watch them play against LG, the team who oh, yeah. actually do that. Yeah, that's a and great notice, shout. notice the obvious difference. Yeah, Immortals um, pounded LG. They did. Because uh, they have the, st the skill of LG, and they can play that contact style if they want, but they also have the fallback option, and even like the just extra yeah, part of their game. They were better at playing the map control game yeah. because they were more effective with, with the utility. But yeah, I think the only aspect of that that is true is shot up because inherently that is an aspect of playing Reyna in, a, in, in comps that aren't running Breach or Agents to set you up. Mm. Like in Ascent, uh, in particular on Ascent, oh, shot he, up in he mid. He definitely plays contact in Yeah, I mean, he, he quite literally, to get mid info, just walks out of an enemy smoke and just, oh, God, Koost is there? Oh, flick. Okay, I killed him. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because one second later, if I peeked out, there were two guys looking at the smoke <laughs> and I would have died. So, yeah, that, I mean, that is where there is an element of randomness. And also, 
I don't even want to say randomness. It's Kashadov is doing it based on intuition and a sense for timing. It's whether yeah. or not his senses are correct yeah. in that moment. Um, but that is a style, and, and more so than a style, that is just an inherent aspect of Reyna that can be countered and also was countered by Sentinels. Specifically, if you want to look at split, like Shazam with a contact op, just walking up, scoped yeah. in, yeah. that is a great way to kill players that are dry peeking for info, and it was working against them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, that narrative is uh, just not accurate with Immortals, and I think that they have the makings of what can be a very consistent team from this point on. Yeah. It's and they only do that on a couple of maps. I'm oh, sorry, Bryn. Go right ahead. No, I mean, you go ahead. I was about to wrap this up and move on to the oh, next no, I, 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 just wanted, I just wanted to expand on Josh's thought that, like, this, this team has seems to have, A, Reyna, I feel like they, only on a couple of maps do they actually really have a shot at play, like, pure contact. Because, like, you even saw it on, like, Split, where, like, they play off the leers all the time. They have shot up, like, actually use the utility to entry all the time. Like, I feel like it's 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 a very reasonable... It's not just him only walking through smokes, like, Stewie-style, and just, like, taking duels and then dismissing away. Like, he definitely gets a lot of value from his utility, and they use it. And and B, I feel like this team is actually... What you were talking about, Josh, identified, like... They've essentially identified the key pressure points of maps and yeah. where they want to hold them a lot. Yeah. Like, especially, like, points like hookah or, or showers, you know, like... They don't just like sort of duel a bit and then back when they get pressured. They'll they'll fucking sack like four people for that point. They will just fucking they'll they'll go all in. They will straight up like battle thermopylae that shit and like wait <laughs> and, and fight for that point of the map forever. Yeah. Because they know when they do, they have such good map control and like info over the rest of the point of that because you can rotate and do anywhere. You control various different points. Like it's it's actually like a really interesting style that i feel like a lot of teams might even want to replicate uh, yeah I, I totally agree i think it definitely is and that's that's the the key thing i think a lot of the um i i think we're seeing a shift in the meta where for so long people have just been trying to get good with utility they've just been trying to find the best ways to use utility to give themselves an advantage in the fights in the actual angels and what we're getting to the next stage of understanding Valorant, where it's like there are times where you want to deliberately not use any utility, even be, even when it puts you at a disadvantage, because the starving the enemy team of information is more important in that instance. You have a higher chance of success if you give them less info, if they're not expecting you, than if you use a piece of utility to help you win the aim duel. And that comes down to whether or not you're better at rifling than the other team, whether or not you think you have a really good read of your opponent, uh, whether or not you think they can use that information to give them an advantage in the round more than you, uh, more than your utility will give you an advantage. This is this is just a new part of understanding Valorant. It's something that happened when the Heretics beat G2 as well. That was part of this next step of understanding the game, and and that I think is what 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 we're going to come to is. An idea of sometimes you want to be doing that, and sometimes you want to be fighting mega heavy with utility to hold on to crucial map control. Yeah. And, and picking and choosing your timings of when you want to do one and when you want to do the other is going to be a major component of how teams find success. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, this isn't a, an A or B. That it's is, a combination yeah, of it, both that you should be using. Absolutely. Yeah, I keep, I keep seeing this discussion posed as a binary this is the meta and this is good yeah and this is not good which is yeah that that is just not the uh 
reality of how things are playing out. Yeah. Interesting to look at these teams as well. I'm reassessing, I guess, the top teams in North America off the back of this tournament because a lot of these names were not, I think, included in yeah. our in our top 10 when we were like trying to measure the success of, of the teams in the world as well. Um, but let's get on to the discussion about the meta because we, we've already mentioned it enough with LG's kind of like contact play. Uh, Shazam put it succinctly, I think, and you've mentioned it, Josh, about this information of info starving. Uh, infam yeah. or the, the way he put it, information yeah. starving, where you're not using utility, you're trying to play contact into a lot of areas. This is the evolution of the game at the moment, in North America at least. It's been described as puggy, to the dismay of many people. Because, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll admit as well, it's not a, not a very apt way of describing this kind of style of play that's developing right now. Um, but so far, Immortals seem like, at least when they were playing well, not, not going to take the Grand Finals into consideration with this, um, I think they, they were doing it well in terms of that picking and choosing of when to be using that utility. Prioritizing the, the areas of the map that they knew that they should be fighting over tooth and nail until mm -hmm. eventually, you know, mix and matching the, the kind of styles. But we've been seeing a rise of it. And Shazam, I mean, he had his own thoughts on this. He seems to dislike it. He doesn't like the way that the game is being played yeah. these days yeah. because it can feel, I think, from the outside perspective as quite random um, because a lot of the plays are done off intuition, the subconscious yeah. of like how you learn and, and how a team plays and adapting your play off the back of that. Um, the most... The most common team, at least, that, that, or not the most common team, but the team that does this the most is LG in terms of their general play. I think play. so, yeah. Um, in North America. That, in, in North yes, America. I agree. LG, the, they rely and lean so hard on their just their rock-solid fundamentals, their individual mechanical skill, um, and this kind of concept that it just it gives some teams whiplash because for so long they've yeah. been learning and learning and learning how to play with this utility and now LG just comes swinging out the gates they're not using utility in areas where normally a team would be very orchestrated and they're showing their hand quite early and how they're taking mid and split or or doing this that or the other on another mm -hmm. map but LG are taking teams off guard with this new style and it's caused you know it's turning some heads Shazam had some words as well so yeah. I can let's get play the, the video real quick if you yeah like if you want to play the video yeah, yeah play the can. play the clip it's not a very long clip right it's like 45 seconds yeah he he so. I, he definitely expanded on his thoughts afterwards, but this sums up a lot of it. Talk about it is people saying that like we don't have strats or something, or our strats are outdated. Like, can someone please show me like the six? I can't hear what he's saying, but I've already heard the clip. So that, <laughs> that immortals are doing that we aren't, dude. These teams are just taking duels. There's no intricate strategy or intricate tactics that's happening right now. Like, nobody's doing anything different from us. They're picking Reyna, they're they're contacting sites, they're taking Vandal duels and trying to win the aimap duel and take a site. There's nothing intricate happening. That's why it's so random. That's why 100 Thieves loses, TSM loses, fucking it's it's hard to be consistent when it the the fucking game is not what they envision about abilities and being tactical. People are just buying Vandals and taking crazy fights. Thief is insane. He's insane aim. He's randomly pushing and taking duels. If he's solo out of sight, he's solo on attack. You know, he's, he's, but it's not talk about it. Is people saying that like, we don't have yeah. shots. <laughs> no, yeah. Did you see his follow-up clip to this, by the way? What was that? His like, like after they won, uh, challenge oh, one, he no. was like, yeah, he made like a follow-up and he's like, and then essentially his rebuttal to like this, like after they won was like, yeah, we can do that too. And he was like, specifically, yeah. J1 can I do mean, that too. 
They did. They did do that in the finals. Uh, yeah. yeah. And for the yeah. lower bracket finals as well. Yeah. Like they shifted up their their play style. I mean, we 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 could kind of like sink this into well, uh, I, the I Sentinels wanna, talk as well. But I want to talk a little bit about what Shazam was saying there specifically as well, because I think yeah. there's some things he nails, not just in that clip, because he goes on and yeah. expands a little bit afterwards. But there's some things I think he is wrong on, and so it's like picking out the stuff that is accurate well, from it. Here, I want to start with the first thing he said which is about sentinels have no strats stop posting i mean if that's if that is the takeaway i mean that it's just step away yeah. from the pc that that is just not accurate. touch some grass <laughs> yeah and that watch is, the games it's yeah you yeah. got to go outside you got to take a walk you got to come back to your pc and rethink what you're typing yeah, yeah that but uh, i do think he followed up that by saying Sentinels have outdated strats. And I don't think the strats no. that Sentinels are using are outdated in the sense that they don't work anymore. But I think something that Shazam might have overlooked at the beginning of this tournament, not anymore because they made some great adaptations for the end of the tournament, but at the beginning, and certainly when they lost to LG during the NSG Winter Monthly, it's not that the strats are... are old archaic and unusable anymore it's the lg knew what they were going to do yeah and it's way easier to play contact into an area if you know the tendencies of where the player likes to hold because you're going to be pre-aiming where they're holding or yeah. if you're on defense you're going to be able to take the vandal jeweler easier because you know the timings this of when the player tends to push all of this data helps and you internalize it as an lg player and you're able to bop in the angels and it feels like you're just getting wrecked by people who are better at rifling but actually it's because they understand the timings the the example that i was using throughout the weekend because i think it's a great one and it played out with sentinels later adapting mm. but like the microcosm of this is lg beating sen on split in their first bo3 dapper at a ramp where he normally lurks up uh, gets a lot of control of ramp. He'll find picks there. Sometimes Sinatra will come with him on the raise. That has been the Sentinels' game plan that has won them split game after split game for mm -hmm. months and months yep. and months. Yeah, I mean, since we're the talking dawn since, of time. since August. Since the dawn of time. Yeah. There is infinite tape on Dapper throwing his cages yeah. at, at, around A. You wouldn't even have to have watched tape to understand what Dapper does because you just yeah. naturally get it from watching the tournaments. Like you could watch you could watch one round every tournament and you would still know what Dapper does because yeah. it's just ubiquitous. He, right. It's done all the time it, for months and months and months. And it's, yeah, so, uh, and again, to reinforce, yeah, it's not, the, it's not the strategies being outdated. It's there are individual player tendencies that are getting punished. Mm. That, the understanding of where Dapper would be got punished in that first game by Thief trying to find windows of timing to peek him and catch him off guard and take the duel. Yeah. And he did that multiple times and he killed Dapper multiple times and all of a sudden, no A ramp control, no sense of what's going on in A. Are they pushing behind us? We don't know anymore. There's yeah. no information on that side of the map and that hard punished Sentinels. Yeah. Um, and then they had to adapt. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it. But And then they later had to adapt off of that and instead of pressuring A main, they put heavy focus onto B main. And it was booming LG later. Yeah. Um, and, they, and Dapper was playing pretty passive. Very eh? passively, Just yeah. gaining info, making sure no one pushed behind them on the default. Yeah. But Sentinel's focus was no longer on taking control of a ramp. It was Sick and Sinatra using the Sage and the, the raise utility combined to pressure into B, take control of B main, and find the picks there. Yeah. Which is the critical adaptation. 
there's just so much gameplay of Sentinels out there. There is, Their, their yeah. tendencies yeah. have, if you watch, you just know at this point. And, and so. that's the entire crux of the idea, that it's harder to stay on top than to get to the top. Because once you're on top, everyone's trying to beat you. It's the Sword yeah. of Damocles just hanging over your head. And everyone's looking at your game tape and they have an idea of how you play. If you're some upcoming team, no one's giving a fuck about watching you and studying you. No one was watching No MJ. one's learning from you yeah. and no one's trying to counter you. But when you're on top, people are doing both of those things. And so people are naturally more aware of how you play. Like, they know that if they see Sinatra on one side of the map, that the, other, the rest of their team are probably doing X because they understand the defaults and they just have a read on you. So mm -hmm. that is really hard against these... Um, contact-based teams because they're giving you no info and even if you try to give them as little info as possible they still know just based on the game tape what your tendencies are and and that is something that sentinels had to swap up for this tournament they had to play a very different style and it didn't just work because it's good in the meta right now it also worked because it was so different to what sentinels have previously done so I think that's that's a crucial component that wasn't talked about too much when, when he was talking about it. Another thing that Shaz brought up, though, that I think is wrong is that's why 100 Thieves are losing. That's why TSM are losing. I don't think... Yeah. Okay, for starters, we didn't actually see any VOD of how 100 Thieves lost. So maybe he's right in that instance. Maybe he's wrong. Impossible no to tell. Enough. But it seems very unlikely that that they genuinely lost because, because Carpe knocked them is an incredibly good Rainer contact team. It, it's. It, I, it, I watched the, one of their games from their POV once. That was not the impression I got. Yeah. So unless they changed a lot in a month. Yeah. And I think maybe the bigger concept that Shaz is getting at is that people in NA just love forcing aim duels. Like we've seen yeah. FaZe for months just run it down mid on Haven, desperate to find aim duels because that's their win condition because they can't play a slow game. Um uh, and that that is like a, a wider point, I suppose. But I don't think that the people talking a lot about like inconsistency, the slasher tweet where he's talking about the results being in so much turmoil. Mm -hmm. I don't think Valorant has an issue with tier one, tier two results being in turmoil more than online CS did. No, uh, yeah. not, that might it just, just be not. Yeah, I the, don't the, think the rankings massively shift. It's just because everyone's and... just got to It's because it's it's literally new esport game yes. syndrome. It's yes. new eSport game syndrome. That's literally what it is. Every time a new title emerges, everyone's got to get together. We got to go circle jerk around it. You know, we all yep. got to get around, just jerk and circle just <laughs> together and then just talk about this game shit, this game shit. You know, this game's so inconsistent. Game so bad. We did it for Fortnite. Yep. We did it for, which by the way, all the Fortnite cracked out little kiddos are just dominating now in fucking yep. Valorant yeah, too. Yeah, they're actually really the shit on them. Like, I think it's like, so many of the guys that are good at Fortnite, like Zeke and like so many other like players are from yeah, Fortnite. Zeke, they dominate. The, 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 yeah, the three players Lifeo. from Fnatic as well. Yeah, three yeah. guys on Fnatic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, but they're so inconsistent. They just lost the wave. You know, there's like true. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, but then, God. so I honestly think that like the the narrative of it's so inconsistent is just because a we're in online tournament style still. So of course, there's going to be some fuck ups. Like that's just how online works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One whole region is essentially doing the equivalent of, of operating off of one kidney, like, because they're only doing BO1s. They're only doing BO1s <laughs> in Europe. And like, yeah. they're like, so they're, the one whole region is just fucked. Like, I, you can't even call it inconsistent because they're, they require 
a linear timeline to examine when essentially I'm just looking at snapshots in time. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I'm taking an electron tunneling microscope and just looking <laughs> at snapshots in time of Europe and like everything could change in an instant because there's so little things. And then see, finally, it's not inconsistent. It really isn't. It's just everyone, because once again, we're taking slasher tweets and, ex and we're examining them objectively, which is the wrong way to look at slasher tweets. <laughs> the way to look at slasher tweets is like, what is the most current common sentiment on Reddit? And what can he post to get the mass amount of retweets? <laughs> yep. Like that, that yeah, is literally, yeah. so we should stop examining slasher tweets as evidence. I, yeah, I think the, my take on this is that Shazam at this point of, at this point in time, was clearly frustrated at the overarching community sentiment towards sentiment. I, I agree yeah, completely. And, and Chaz can, also gets a lot of hate online. He does, yeah. yeah. I, it's incredible. When we were talking about it on your couch stream, I was shocked at the Twitch chat and I mean, just it, the yeah, vitriol it's, it's, it's actually he was appalling. receiving. No, it, it, is. it is appalling. For, for his opinions that he's, that he's saying. And right, it's a game. Yeah, it's we're a playing game. a video game. We're talking about a video <laughs> game. You, d you just you don't insult people. Uh, because on a he's holding an level, opinion about it. He has an opinion about a video game. Yeah, take it's, a walk. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's but I feel like Twitch chat is really bad about that, though, for like tax shooter games. Yeah, I don't particular. know. I mean, I I know why. I mean, I, so I, every time vicious. I say, I we're don't know why. Rabbit hole yeah, here. we're not gonna go down this rabbit hole. We know why. Fucking. <laughs> 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 yeah, my Christ. God. We we talk about this a lot, but to 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 get us back on track with this i think that he's wrong and right with this with this rant and this is just one of the evolutions of the game i dissociated in my shower for 20 minutes yesterday <laughs> thinking about this concept of this the psych the the, the fucking zenith flare cycle of metas uh, that's occurring uh, of just of just okay. a little magic gathering reference thrown in there uh, josh is a bit of a zenith flare scum himself so he can explain that pretty well um, but but this kind of like cycle of metas that that is going to rotate i think over time as teams get better and better and uh, the the kind of over the, the the dominant style is going to be like using a lot of utility, quite orchestrated, taking the map control, using utility all the time. One team is going to be coming out of somewhere, like LG in this case, and they subvert the narrative in terms of how to play the game, mm. and it throws so many teams off yeah. just from their own yeah. play style, and they're playing based off of what we see as instincts, as like just subconsciously being able to read the enemy and what they're doing. Um, and it's going to be swings and roundabouts. You're going to start to see now this rise in this less contact play, but eventually it will reach a point. It will reach a critical mass of one team will come out with a fuck ton of set plays. You said it best in a, in a I think either on a couch stream or on another episode, Wire, but a team is just going to come out. They're probably going to bring back some vision striker plays as well at some point, and they're just going to dominate and walk over all these teams that are playing contact because it's it's this kind of recurring. I can 100% see this rotation occurring, yeah, especially yeah. in NA. Yeah. And right now you're seeing this divergent in styles in the regions because we don't have international play. But I imagine once this happens as well, you'll start to see the kind of metas align uh, a lot more. And do you know what yeah. brought me onto this viewpoint as well yeah. was thinking about the Overwatch League when yeah. we split the regions into APAC this year because yeah. of COVID. And we saw a divergence of styles in the yeah, regions yeah. when previously we had all the teams playing in one location. And generally speaking, the styles stayed the same. But as soon as we split into two regions, you start to see the individual metas developing because you don't have that inter-regional play. So this is something that is, 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 exists now during COVID in the world that we're playing, like these online tournaments locked to specific regions, and you're going to see it. But with international tournaments, you'll see probably the same effect. But generally speaking, 
it will just be almost like uh, I think you'll still have regional differences, but the meta will be more consistent across the board. Yeah, and I think Shaz's point as well was that he dislikes this if it's the way the game is trending. Like this is yeah. the best way to play right. the game, which he would. He's an IGL, you know. Right. I, I yeah, would dislike absolutely. it too. I would It'd also be dislike mega it. Boring. it. It is quite a boring style like, to watch. What's fun, every team yeah, play? It's, yeah, it's fun to watch. Fanat uh, summon now fanatic. It's yeah. fun to watch FBX, yeah, yeah. and it's fun it's to watch. Fun to, it's fun to know. watch LG beat some teams, yeah. but it's not fun if it's everyone th plays that and style. What, yeah, what is maybe more fun than everything is the stylistic clash. Yes, mm -hmm. and so, but but I want to say that I don't think it's even possible for this style to be the the only style that people play. I don't think it, the game can ever be that. The reason being is that. If you play this style, it's because you believe that you have either a good read on your opponent or better rifling. You literally yeah. cannot play this style if you believe you have a rifling disadvantage over your opponent. No. Because you're just going to get boomed if you're taking what are clearly worse duels. I mean, like, imagine not if Anbox were playing this style. They'd get rolled. Yeah, it would be over. Uh, yeah, I mean, apart yeah. from Android, who might be able to carry them a little bit, they, the rest of them would yeah. pretty much get bodied. And you can't opt into a style that you know you're going to lose at. There's always going to be divergence there. But anyway, the other part to this as well, the other reason that I believe there's no way that this style can be the dominant style for a long period of time is because we're currently in an online world, which means you don't have zero ping. There is inherently more peekers advantage. And so when you're playing a contact style where you're slow walking up to a corner and then jiggling a little quickly in order to get the jump on someone you believe is holding that angle you're going to be more favored than if you're at LAN. If you're at LAN and you're holding a, an angle, you're going to be in a better position than what you're doing currently online, playing on 50 ping or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and the combination of your 50 ping and the other guy's 50 ping, it's yeah. so different when you're going to be in a LAN setting. I, but I really do think that some concept of playing online is favoring this style over LAN results. I think that the once we go back to that, holding an angle and just being in a position to wait for these guys slow or jiggle peaking areas is going to it's going to get punished way more i don't think it's I think as sustainable if you want to take it further than that as well on uh, speaking to lan there's going to be a confidence factor as well for some percentage sure. of players that is always the case not for all players that are have never played at a big lan but for some that is a factor as well finding the same level of confidence online as in land to take some of these duels because a lot of these guys have not gotten land experience no. like or very little like thief and a proto have played at some like tier three nacs lands yeah. with their friends yeah if they make it to champions or masters yeah. that's a different scale I yeah mean, it's that's so incredible if they can play with the same confidence and level of uh, individual play then on, at that on a point, stage like Godspeed. that. Godspeed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you deserve it if you're able to pull it off in that kind of scenario. The other thing that I wanted to mention, though, too, is that he Shazam also had two major points that he brought up when he was expanding. So we didn't show them in that clip, but I'm going to summarize them, and I think I'm doing it fairly. He might disagree, but I, I think I'm doing it fairly. He said that the op nerf is a big factor here where the fact that the op nerf was uh, you in CS, if people were taking just dry peaks, the way to punish it is you have an op. And even if the op isn't on the right angle, they're scared to dry peak mm -hmm. everywhere on the map because they don't exactly know where the op is, right? That's the fundamental idea. And then if they do do it, boom, op kills them because it's always favored way more than if you're just holding an angle with the rifle. The other thing that he brought up was that by nerfing the Sentinel, the Sentinel class recently, by which he means um, 
primarily, I think, Cypher and Killjoy, although I guess Sage is technically a Sentinel as has been nerfed, but I don't think factors into this too much. But he was saying that he believes this direction sends the game in a less tactical manner because you're nerfing the Sentinels but keeping the Duelists really powerful. And I could see that resonated with a large, large population of the, the Twitch community. I personally disagree with that one, but agree with the op nerf. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the, the two well, as well. Listen, I absolutely agree with the op nerf. And to a previous point, when I was talking about their gameplay on split and using Shazam's op on attack, where he was taking point with the op clearing angles, there were moments where shot up, dry peeked into him, and died. Yes. Um, because the op yeah. is a counter to that play yeah. style. It I is, yeah. think of it on, on the Icebox finals, right? Mm-hmm. Is what you're thinking of, right? Well, I was thinking of split. But oh. I, mean, I mean, it happened plenty yeah. of times because it is the counter to it. Yeah. yeah. So yes, that is absolutely true. And it does have me thinking, I mean, maybe this is probably not a topic for this week because we have quite a full show, but maybe <laughs> in the future we can address the state of the op because yeah. it's been in this, yeah. pu- this nerfed condition I mean, for, for a fair amount of time now. Um, and... Maybe it needs a retooling. Right yeah. now, we are halfway through our show, and we are two no hours way. and ten minutes in. <laughs> so There's it's... no way. There's so much more. Yeah. There's so much we'll more. We'll save the op for later. Yeah. We'll save the op I mean, for I later. I mean, I'm looking at these topics, how we're, we are going to have to... Okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm so, done. Yeah, this is going to be a five-hour uh, episode. I think, Holy I think when we get onto the EU portion, we'll have less to say about it, because obviously there were less games. And generally speaking, yeah. I think our approach to... Anyway, we, we'll get into I'm not going to. You telling me I can't do 40 <laughs> minutes on monkey business? Yeah. Final thought. Final okay, thought. No, 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 final but, thoughts. But, but, so I agree with the op. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, think, I think that was one of the best points that Shazam made in the whole rant. Actually. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, and the, the Sentinel thing, looking at it now, I do think Killjoy may need to be looked at again. Um, I think it's, it's possible that they over-nerfed Killjoy. I feel like the Killjoy gameplay I've been seeing post-nerf, especially this past month or so, has been pretty lackluster, and I think a lot to do with uh, just the state of the utility. Mm-hmm. I, I've been seeing less value out of the Killjoy now than I did in the past, and obviously that was going to happen because there was a nerf, but I think it might have been over-tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it- the to to elaborate on that a little bit as well one of the greatest counters to someone just lurking up and playing contact if we use sp- uh, ascent as an example because a lot of the teams that are doing well right now are doing this where their rainer just walks up ascent mid and yeah. is ready to take a duel against anyone that peaks from market or from um from back mid and one of the, a, a really good play you could use to counter that is to have like an alarm bot in mid or a, or a turret that is on the switch so that once they pass a crucial point you either collapse on them or have a paranoia play or some kind of utility that comes out in order to get the timing to use the counter utility from the the killjoy turret or alarm bot and then you kind of collapse on them based on that you can run it with cypher as well with a tripwire being there or with a uh, with a cam but the the crucial thing about the the killjoy utility and the reason that you don't see people doing that across the board is that with the range nerf that came through you're very much limited. If you want to put your utility, you can't spread it across the map. No. You can't spread your utility thin and just use Killjoy to gather info anymore. They've limited Killjoy to being essentially you lock down one bomb site. You lock down and one site. It's not good. It's not that great. It is not that great because, and that is the re- part. It's not the only reason, but that is part of the reason why you see rounds like where Thief will kind of infamously just 
walk up somewhere with the sheriff, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, and then he finds one kill, and he just slips away. Um, because there, there's not that widespread utility. You can't have an alarm bot near the exit of hookah while you're making a play into A. No. It's going to turn off. Yeah, yeah. And then that guy can just be walking up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, final thoughts with this for me. I don't know. Uh, Connor Prince, uh, if you want to add anything. I, uh, do you want to go first? I, I was just going to say, I think his concept of... Um, what, what was he saying about the duelists themselves? He said that, uh, that there's a duelist meta... Uh, I believe that I'm... Uh, Right. Say this point here fairly, but I think he was saying there's a duelist meta right now, and it's not that the I don't think he was saying that duelists are overpowered so much as you are enticed to use duelists like Jet and like Rayner who aren't tactical but they have like mobility and escape mechanisms, mm -hmm. so you can't trade them as effectively and sure. they don't really contribute to the overall strategy or tactic of the game, but they're so powerful on an individual basis and so good in that contact style that you're incentivized to use them. And, and that has tended to be the case in North America. The reason that I disagree with that part, though, is because EU and, to, to some extent, Korea as well, and these other regions are having so much success with agents like Breach, mm -hmm. which... I mean, NA just I mean, doesn't run Breach. You can't argue that Breach isn't powerful right now. Everyone Breach knows is Breach is powerful. It is not used in NA at all. And it you can, yeah, crazy. on defense, you can flash peek to yeah. clear areas and yeah. stop these people just contacting up. Just dry peek. Just yeah. dry peek on stage. Yeah, and it's... It. And teams in the EU and elsewhere, they're playing no duelist comps. They're playing GOATS. I quite like that. Like, generally speaking, yeah. I quite like that. I mean, there's yeah. some duelists which I think have incredible high value utility like raise which i think yes. that in most situations you're going to want a raise yeah. but generally speaking i like the approach i want to see riot in terms of how they how they think about the balance of the game the kind of power level that phoenix is at in terms of his utility and what he brings like a very specific purpose in terms of being a duelist and trying to keep it around that level of line of phoenix because at the moment it is i think skewed more towards it with certain agents like like Ray's, for example, I think she's one of the biggest problems at the moment. Like it, the the Boombot is so good for information gathering. The Nade is so good yeah. at clearing angles. But also that is Ray's is very strategic and tactical. Like yeah. the things that yeah. you can do with Ray's are powerful, but in a strategic and tactical way. And I think Shaz was annoyed about the 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 Rainer hold an angle, dismiss away. Yeah, kind of about like the or... the utility that's only useful for yourself. Mm -hmm. like the dash, like the dismiss. And if yeah. you make those agents powerful, you turn the game away from the interesting direction. Um, the reason I'm not enamored with that point is that... other regions are not doing that. Is that I think NA just isn't opting into yeah. agents like Raze and Breach it's, I mean, it, it, it's actually mind-blowing at times how little Breach is being played given how many dry peaks you see. It's, yeah. it's actually... But again, I mean, that you can't info-starve with Breach. If you're flashing no. to peak, they know that you're there. They know that you're peaking there. Or at least they suspect Right, that. but people... Or I'm talking about people dry peaking, though. They're yeah. trying to get the info. Yeah, yeah. It's, Especially on defense, where yeah, they're just defense, dry peaking for yeah, defense. It's yeah, it's just... Yeah. I so, mean, look at look that. At that is mad, man. You had a thought, didn't you? Didn't Kurt, you have a you, final thought? We're like two hour 15. Yeah, yeah sorry. The show. Okay, well, yeah, we final thought, Kurt, I would love for you to pull up the, uh, the compare this to the European one and check the breach numbers. It's going to be night and day in terms.
Uh, yeah, I mean, this this final fold has lasted a long time. We're, we, <laughs> final thought. I don't know how no. the fuck we're going to get through the rest of the show quickly. We're going to power through. I mean, I think I have to just put my... Put my your foot down. Boot my foot down. I mean, on you're it, the you know? captain, right? I am supposed to be. You're I'm staring us into the fucking store. You are store. supposed to be the host. I think. <laughs> aye, aye, captain. That's your job. Look at that. Yeah, 43. I mean, compared to 12, was it? Yeah. Yeah. It's absurd. That is yeah. a massive difference. Yeah. And and but the question is, who's got it right? Well, I'll tell Great you. Question. You know what? Let's go on for that for another 45 minutes. And we can <laughs> <just> <laughs> <laughs> a great segue, Josh. Into the other topic. No, I, let, we need to we need to talk about the, the winning team out of North America. Oh, we've for been, Christ's sake, we're still on NA. Yeah, we haven't even finished yet. Okay. We're, 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 well, I'll briefly yeah. say this now. I'll, I'll tee you guys up and you can fucking knock it out of the park, okay? Right. Sentinels coming into this tournament, obviously expectations against them. Shazam was coming out with, with the clip that went viral. People were hating on him for it. Uh, you know, it, it, it went viral. It went viral. Yeah, it went That's viral. what they were saying. It, it went viral. viral. The Sentinels guys were like, Shaz, get on Twitch. We need you to go to viral. To go viral. We need you to go viral. He did. He did. Went, he went viral. He achieved their goals. The engagements are through the, the roof. engagements are good. Sentinel stocks are uh, up. Hold, everybody. Hold diamond hands. Diamond, diamond fucking hands. Oh, no. Sentinels, though, in this tournament, yeah. one of the things, we all watched it. We were incredibly, here's the thing. What happens when you, we all watch a game on a sofa? Uh -huh. Our viewpoints just align. We just come into yeah. sync with one another. And I think our general attitude to Sentinels was just, wow. The ability to make a lower bracket run like this and fucking adapt throughout the tournament and change their play style and recognize what they needed to do to, to win outright yeah. was just astounding. And yeah, we've briefly mentioned it. There was a... An element of, I think, Immortals losing confidence in the Grand Finals. But overall, Sentinels with just an unreal run. Yeah. Uh, yeah in terms yeah. of their individual ability, the, their, their recognition of what they needed to change, what they needed to do properly. They completely changed up their style. They completely changed up ag uh, agent selects on Icebox in particular as well. Yes. Practicing yes. composition. That was so important. They had, never, they had never... So crucial. They'd never played. They'd never no. played before. But they had... Rock solid, uh, uh, I keep using the term rock solid fundamentals, but I think it really applies in this case with Sentinels because they are so confident and comfortable in their own individual plays and how they're going to be playing as a team that they can just select the meta agents and how yeah. they think that they yeah. are going to be approaching this map and just run into it with very little practice. Overall, incredibly impressive from Sentinels to take this one away. I, yeah. I, I really feel like watching this, you were watching the hungriest they have been to win yes. in a while. Yeah. For a while, it has felt like especially when you look back on it compared to this, even more. It, it feels like they were just so good. They were just coasting to the winds. They were just riding along. Um, and, the, and the recent losses to LG and the sort of community pressure and people dunking on them on the internet had uh, backed them into a corner where they were just fucking hungry for this win. Yeah, um, they they, they, this LG game, uh, the LG game that they played in the upper bracket, or rather lower bracket final, I mean, they just looked angry. They it did. was like angry, vicious gameplay. Yeah. Actual uh, fuck you energy yeah. all over the place. It was a pretty ridiculous final map on Icebox as well. Yeah, I mean, that is the, potentially the biggest, uh, the biggest thing is that they just decided to throw away what they were doing on Icebox. Shaz had even spoken to it uh, late on the interview after they had won that they felt like 
uh, they threw away their like strategies essentially because they had been practicing with the sky for so long and were actually trying to develop tactics on the map and they threw it away to play the new comp with the yeah. Sage Reina. They decided um, to stop defaulting, just play this and five hit sites, and, yeah. but crucially pick the agents that are the best for five hitting sites. Yeah, I mean, they just picked the, a very meta comp on this map. Reina and Sage are just S tier on this map in they my are, eyes. Yeah. Um, and they just picked the meta comp, they hit sites, they were, their fundamentals were on, I mean, they were really on point. All of the trades were perfect. They were all supporting each other very well. I mean, it's, it's honestly amazing how good Sage is on that map. I don't even think they were optimizing the Sage utility, no. but they were still using it well, which on that map is just incredibly influential yeah. on your site takes, sage even just, just using the Sage at all. It's just S tier. Um, it's incredible on that map. So that comp switch just in the moment and also Dapper playing the Sage instead of yeah. Sick, um, yeah. which we'd never seen him play Sage before. Uh, and and Sinatra just, just fucking as yes. well. I mean, yeah. I mean Sinatra was just feeling, but, but the map sets you up to fuck. <laughs> I mean, it just does. There's, you can just, did, there's so many angles to get free kills and dismiss off of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I want to. No, I want you to keep this I, short, Josh, and you. Okay, nice. I, I want to mention what? that. Okay, the most impressive thing for me was that Sentinels won unbind. They would. It's yes. their yeah. insta ban pick. Immortals. It's arguably their best map. I would yeah. say it's their best map. And Sentinels made one crucial swap, which was Sick staying on Phoenix, which means Sick now plays Phoenix on three out of five of the maps, and on the other one he plays Sage, and then Sova now on Icebox. But his Phoenix was so much better than his raise has been. And that lets Sinatra go back to the raise, which, okay, Sinatra's Phoenix has always been fantastic, but his raise is also excellent. <laughs> All right, wonderful. <laughs> and that one swap, plus yeah. some incredible uh, aggression from Sentinels and a little bit of a mental <sighs> booming from Immortals led to a, an incredibly unexpected win there for, for them. Everything seems like it's getting back on track for Sentinels. Connor Prince. Okay, short. We're gonna make it short. So first of all, they got a kick in the balls to stop fucking around mm -hmm. and like, <laughs> I, because honestly, especially for Icebox, I legitimately think part of Shazam's rant was just fueled by frustration by the fact that they just got they just got meta lapped. They actually got meta lapped, and you need the hide and seek champion agent with Reyna on Icebox A. Like you just need it. You need hide and seek champion, and like <laughs> she fucking owns on A. She yeah. fucking owns on A. Like it's Sage Owens. And also just because of that swap in general, I feel like it pushed them to be super aggressive because that's how you have to play with that. Yeah. And that was the right pick for them. And they got frustrated. They're like, holy shit, we're 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 getting lapped. And they made the right swaps, even if they don't like them, even if they don't like the swaps, it was the right moves. Yeah. And it worked out really well. And also it motivated them, I think, to play very differently on the rest of the maps, like Bind, for example, where they sort of changed up and just I felt like it was just the the motivation to sort of swap of how they were going to play. And sometimes that's what you need because you're either going to crumble, you're either going to fucking collapse, or you're just going to be like, holy shit, we need to big dick this and just go. And we need to change how our style is. And Sentinels look really good. I think this is, it's great that they chose to move forward versus falling apart when yeah. faced with like being meta lapped. And, uh, you know, can only be every, confident yeah. with them moving forward. Every great team comes gets into this situation where you're at you're at the top but you've got to innovate you've got to adapt and at yeah. times yeah. from the outside in it looks weird as fuck like how many times have we criticized tsm but the one thing that i personally that i have learned is that i think tsm you can always appreciate the fact that they are trying to innovate oh, stay yeah. on top uh, um and, and realistically 
They played some yeah. weird shit in this qualifier. They do play yeah. some weird shit. I yeah. mean, it didn't work this time around, but sometimes it will. Yeah, uh, and exactly. that's an important and that's, part That's what part you of need process. to be on top. And Sentinels, I think, have learned that because for the longest time, they were on top. They got taken down, knocked down a few pegs, I'd say, at the end of 2020, around that period of time. Yeah. Still playing similar stuff, but this kind of adaptation was a very good sign. Yeah, it looked like Sentinels were going to get overtaken, right, mm -hmm. for that number one spot. Yep. And it looked like they were even maybe on a downwards trend. This tournament for me is like a major moment for Sentinels yeah. Yeah. that they have changed. And I think you couldn't argue that Sentinels are the number one team in NA right now. I mean, they've just placed in every finals other than First Strike where they lost to 100 Thieves. They are the number one team in North America right now. And this change is looking good for the future now too. All positive. Moving on. Next topic is uh, nursery gamers, actually, and mm. a little bit of a little bit of a you know we were we were giving them a bit of a bit of shit for their kind of like practice in terms of the casting challenge and yeah. the I suppose the ethics of it of just using people up in that kind of manner. But at the same time, they put on another clean tournament. Nursery gamers again, just really showing it how it's done. I think over the over the course of the uh, of the tournament in terms of format, the the production value that they provide, they are really quite quite invaluable and as well they paid the wages for the casters for the pulse tournament that's huge that is yeah. massive no obligation to do that no. but again i i recall i mean a, a similar position an early tournament like that if you are an up-and-coming cast i saw upmind actually tweet this or not mm. i don't know if he tweeted it or so i saw him post somewhere right. along the lines that you know he got paid for it and he said that in his own words a life-changing amount of money and yeah, i can see yeah. how uh, when i was early on in my career if I didn't get paid for an event like that, it, it's just, it is crippling. You you cannot afford to live in some circumstances. Yeah. We were talking about it on the companion stream. So nursery gamers, I think, doing a lot of things right at the moment. Yeah. Um, they, they truly are, yeah. And it, I think it was Van Silly who, who kind of opened the floodgates at this one. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I it's good times. I want to add two points to this, though, that are a little bit less positive. One. Yeah, go on. Um, <laughs> one. <laughs> Bring us down to work. Uh, well, I guess one of them is more neutral than anything. What, so we learned today, on top of the nursery, you know, the tournament format's been great for NA uh, challengers and everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've had BO3's double limb. But EU has still oh. not, which we'll talk about more later. But it sounds like nursery isn't even setting the formats here. It's Riot in the multiple, in the different regions. So I'm like, what the fuck is happening there? What is going on? Like, well, let, I, okay. don't, I don't know what's going on. But we'll talk about that later. I was going to use that as my segue into the EU topic, which we're going to speed run, by the way. <laughs> we um, have to speed run this. We have to speed run. But the we, second non-positive thing was, I feel like they would have not done that. And after the fact that uh, Uber, aka Mitch, wasn't just deep daddy social media dicking them yeah, he about was. <laughs> not playing. And like, I don't think this would have happened if not for that. I'm just going to say it. And it's a reoccurring theme throughout all of casting history where they're like, fuck you broadcast guys work for free. You peons. Like we have a million other people that are going to do it, but we have Valorant cast dot 3.0 with 200 followers on Twitter. That's ready to cast this for 50 bucks. And, and until there's a huge backlash and then the tournament organizers are like, oh shit. Oh fuck. Well, we got to do something. And so then and I feel like, so that's the, the cynic in me there. Absolutely. But I, like exactly yeah. what I mean, you need people like Mitch who came in, um, and Mitch's tweets do a very good job. I'm not going to say my own words, but he kind of just went in on, on the concept. But you don't want a scenario where you end up with the Dota 2 kind of circuit of casting, which as someone who casted in Dota 2, it is a lot of, essentially, people are only making rent by casting the international. Yeah. 
yeah. at the big Valve sponsored event at the end of the year, and it's 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 such a shit fest when it comes to the actual casting concept where people are undercutting each other to try and get events, and it's just literally just you know, it's it's not a career path in that scene casting yeah it's not a career path it's not anything that's that's viable and that's the kind of a you need people like mitch who essentially they are in the position they have the privilege of being able to speak out about these kind of practices yeah. so that they elevate the bar for everyone involved in the scene um we're not gonna we spoke about this at lengths in the previous episode yeah, yeah. not gonna speak about it now but yeah overall um Another point you made, I've asked, which was the, the concept of Nurse Street Gamers Riot setting the formats. I think it's a mixture of both. I think Riot have probably gone to these tournament organizers and said, we want you to hold the qualification. They've given them a bit of agency with it because I don't know how many tournament organizers are going to be wanting to run events at the moment. Um, it's especially with the kind of viewership that the qualification gets. It doesn't seem worthwhile for these TOs to run tournaments for the qualification period for Riot. Well, I think the reason that NSG are doing it so much, I mean, Sliggy here gives them a lot of credit, but also makes them seem like benevolent angels that have just descended upon the scene. I think yeah. the reason that NSG are doing this is to get in good with Riot at the beginning of the scene. Absolutely. In, yeah. in the sense that later on down the road, when very profitable tournaments are, uh, can be run in the future, NSG will be a priority partner of the league. I mean, NSG are owned by the uh, Comcast company, right? Or Comcast mm -hmm. Spectacle yeah. or something. And they also own T1. Yeah, they also own T1. Yeah. <laughs> so the dots are connecting. Well, <laughs> the deeper, it, it, darker league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you really want, like, yeah, I mean, as well, if we want to go down the conspiratorial route, if they're going to franchise in the future and they're trying to get in good with the overall company and support the scene, so the T1 would be a franchise team or something. But my question is, what does fraud have to do with it all? <laughs> Didn't he try to stop I don't know. I, I don't know. What does fraud have to do with it? Tell me. Implant the seed in my mind. What, yeah. what fraud has to do with it? But, yeah. but that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's, it's fantastic that we in North America get these wonderfully run tournaments, so much of it being broadcasted. Yeah. But at the same time, this leads us into the EU topic, which is what the fuck is going on here with all of these upsets um, that, that um, were occurring? Because the fuck is going on with the format? Uh, the, format yeah, as well. the formats. BO1. Heretics, Fanatics, <laughs> I mean, G2, it's... Liquid, all missing the top four. Now, some of these cannot be blamed on the formats, but a lot of this can be blamed on well, the formats. Heretics, heretics, sure, heretics sure. absolutely can be. Heretics, weird seeding. Awful seeding. I mean, just the, bad seeding. They had to play against Entropic, and then also yeah. oh, there was someone else that they would have met in the bracket had they beaten Entropic. Yeah, uh, the team that ended up knocking Entropic out. Yeah, bad seeding. BO1s. Who, sorry? Kurt? Oh, oh Monkey, Monkey Business. Business. Right, yeah. It oh, was okay. the, those yeah. two teams. Yeah, so bad seeding uh, and BO1s, and then also... They have a six-man roster. I mean, I don't know what the hell was happening. Yeah, I mean, why are they playing? Nisa was playing the first game. Rubino was playing the second game. Rubino played this game. I don't know, the, was the game. Game. I, on, I don't know what's happening. Instead, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, my, I don't know. my big question, why? Don't know, though. Didn't watch the games. But, <laughs> I can't well, see it. Can't, can't watch see the it, games. Tell you. I mean, yeah, yeah, didn't watch the games because no tapes of the games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a BO1, and I, I don't I, know what's I think I someone posted happening. 48... Wait, uh, what was this number? I think it was that in North America, 43 BO3s have been broadcast for Challengers 1. And in, in EU, it was eight. 
eight BO3s compared to 43 uh, were broadcast. I mean, it is just... And, it's, and it's the casters for EU said that Riot themselves set this format. They said, like, I'm sure there's a mixing, but the casters came out like Lothar, Riot Central. They were like, yeah, this wasn't the TO that made this. Riot put out these rules. They're just following Riot's rules. And this is after Riot was like, guys, we're so sorry. We missed the mark. Also, fuck you, Bo Ones. Well, so I don't this, know. I don't know. I don't this, know what, I, wait, what's going on? What this, is going on? This first, what makes even less sense though, this first challenger format, it's not good, but it isn't egregious. Like Bo Ones to the round of thirty-two. Okay, I would prefer. I understand they want Bo Ones because there's so many teams signing up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe you do it down to like the round of one twenty-eight or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Round of thirty-two. Okay. At least there were some BO3s at the end, BO3s into the qualifier, BO3s to see who qualified. Sure. Why is the Challenger 2 the one that matters more? The BO1s down to the round of eight. BO1s down to the round, the round of, of eight. eight. Round of eight. BO1s. No, no, no. So round of round of sixteen is BO1, and then BO3s begin in the round of eight. So you are in the quarter. You have to make it to the quarterfinals from a round of five hundred and twelve. Yeah. You have to get down to the <laughs> round of eight before you have your first BO3. If you click your yeah. And this is the this is more important oh, wait, than the first the challenger. Is this? No, this no, no, is actually so, this is sorry. this is the they're just being they're just rubbing it in our fucking faces. They're yeah. just rubbing it in our fucking faces. Where, like where this, so, this information from? came from the play uh, like I think it was a player leaking the rules that they've been given for challenges too. Okay. So and and is, so they, so they screenshot no, I don't think it's anything public. They screenshot the segment of the rules that said BO ones until the round of eight. For challenges too, it's just ridiculous. And uh, it, it, uh, as long as uh, I'm assuming that's not a rule that's going to be changed. If it is, thank fuck. But otherwise, what the hell's going on in Riot EU? What are they smoking? The region itself will be a joke always. Just inherently, okay. If you're going to make the obvious comparison of this game to Counter Strike, which you should in terms yeah. of the round formats, the way the game flows, you make that comparison. Even BO1s in Counter Strike, not good. But less worse than in this game where there are less rounds inherently so that individual maps have much more emphasis and, and kind of like sure. and, and fluctuation almost yeah, in terms yeah. of the results as a result of it, right? And, and so BO1s just in general are just awful. It means I that mean, BO3s are almost just necessary for, work, to, for, for some of these teams to actually just not get upset in these early rounds. A great example. Oh, sorry, I, I wanted to touch, I really wanted to touch on you comparing it to Counter-Strike because even at that, at your point, BO1s being bad in Counter-Strike had been addressed eons ago yes. and changed. Eons ago. Yeah. Everybody knows that it's bad in a game like this. Uh, with yeah, a game yeah. formatted like this. And I, mean, I understand just... I understand that you need BO1s in order to get through a 512-team bracket. Yes. You do. But you got to have good seeding, which they fucked up here because they put Heretics against genuine Tier 2 teams, Entropic and OG. I mean, you could argue OG are actually a Tier 1 team. I wouldn't, but you could argue that. And then also, you, do, you don't have them that deep in the bracket. It's nonsense. If you take Sentinel's run through Challengers 1... Sentinels, if they were playing in the European version, would have been knocked out by Serenity because they lost the first map to Serenity. Yeah. So if that had been a BO1, Sentinels would have been out right at the beginning there. Thankfully, it was a BO3, so they're able to claw their way back in. Then they would have been knocked out by LG because it was the quarterfinals BO3, no double limb, and they were able to run through the double limb bracket and win it all. That doesn't mean Sentinels didn't deserve to win. They were the best team. They adapted properly. They fucking deserved the and win. It's a great story when you can come back through the, the, the lower bracket. Of course it is. 
And Dapper tweeted afterwards that the standard for challengers' qualification should be double a limb. Double a limb BO3. Uh, it's just How are we even so having this combo, better. though? How are we having this combo, though? Well, this, it, well, this is like... why I think that maybe I'm putting... Maybe I've got too much faith in the, 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 the suits, the people above that are pulling the strings. But I think that there is some sort of... It has to be some sort of influence coming in from the TOs that they're going to to run these tournaments. As but to why the would the casters say that it's not the TOs? I don't think it is. You uh, don't think it is? I think it's... Well, when you look at the other scenes, the fact that Brazil and Korea all have different formats, I mean, we should be also singing the, the woes of Korea too. BO2s in group stage where you can draw and then it's getting decided based on round differential afterwards. But that's, that that's great. That's, that's real good though. Fucking awful! Like at least, <laughs> at least they have a system where it's like they're actually playing more than just BO ones yeah. in order to go uh, through. And a group system, yeah. you do play round robins, and they're all playing against each other. But fucking BO twos, where you can draw, and then you end up going out based on draws and the rounds. I mean, I it seems like Liar <laughs> just wants to experiment with formats. Why are you inventing the fucking wheel again? CS:GO <laughs> has been the same fucking game for so long. There are good formats that work. The GSL style, the double limb, like the same that you had in. In, in NA. Also, the NA, the NA format, ah! the NA format <laughs> and the Brazilian formats were both good. Yeah, I thought they were those from Fallout, you know, where they have all the vaults and they're experimenting on all the people throughout the world. That's what I feel like I'm dealing with right now. Is just the various riot entities in their local their localities. Like, but what if we just give them BO2s and then they have to jump on their tippy toes for three seconds and then that decides the map. And like, like, holy fuck. What, what if we don't give them anything? What, what's studying the deprivation of maps on the EU Valorant scene? Like, oh my These people God. making the decisions at Riot must have been in esports for long enough to know and to have watched these formats play out before. And if it this is isn't... Riot, this is the greatest cover-up from a TO since fucking Snowden. This is the greatest, <laughs> this is the greatest cover-up ever. If this is not, the, if this is not, if this is the TO doing this, they have all the casters organized, the players in on it. We are fucking Icarus levels of conspiracy if this is the case. Like, there's just no way. There's no way. No fucking way. It's absurd. It's absurd. And in this case, the overall topic that we wanted to lead into, it was, Heretics was the ones that were majorly affected by this. Yeah. Fnatic G2 and Liquid all made it into the actual main event they did, where yeah. they were playing yeah. the... Uh, it was a weird format, but they played quarterfinals and that was it. Like, it was one game to see yeah. who qualified and it was the prize pool was split almost equally. So he, this is the qualification period. You can see that these teams ended up playing the uh, the, the, the beer freeze towards the end. Um, and we got yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the best teams in with the exception of, of Heretics. Yeah, Heretics um, didn't even make it through to this stage. So you got a lot of the good teams ended up making it out here. You had a good selection of teams. The, what really, the big upset results happened in the next, yeah, in yeah, the, the next the portion. Close. Which are, you can essentially think of this as being the quarterfinals, the upper bracket <clears throat> quarterfinals in North America. And then none of the rest of the bracket was played out. That's yeah. essentially what you, what you did in Europe. And if yeah, that's it is actually. Approach, you know, when you put it that way, yeah, that's appalling. Yeah, that's fucking appalling, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. But I will say... Not all, um, not all wacky results. It seems wacky that these four teams are your top four in EU, but they they weren't all wacky. Like if you actually watch the games, NIP oh, the FPX on a Liquid game was one of the best games of I've ever seen. FPX, FPX versus Liquid was fantastic. Went to double OT. NIP yeah. really deserved their spot. Guild played awfully and therefore deserved to lose, uh, yeah. I would say. Uh, and Waver sure. are, are a damn good team coming up as well. So I was really impressed. I, I I was really impressed by Wave. Out, out of maybe all the I guess the, the, the newer teams, the, the couple upsets that have happened, 
Wave really impressed me with the, the just the aggression and the utility usage that enabled it. Mm -hmm. It was just a, it was I so good. Like th their raise Murray. He was, it looked like he was satchel jumping. I thought he had four satchels. He was getting in so goddamn deep yeah. at the beginning of rounds. It was, a, it, was yeah. it was genuinely crazy. Like he was like surfing up a ramp into heaven. Just, he was already in ropes. It, it was a minute 40 on the clock. Boaster's like setting up a Viper lineup and dies. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? How did he get there so fast? It, it was ridiculous. He, he yeah. was really impressive, but. They were. They had some really nice burst executes. They had really nice aggressive utility I, and go, good individual play. I was very impressed yeah. by Wave. Extremely good trading as well from yeah. Wave. Like they, they are so on point. I mean, they, their comms must have been fired up because they were beating a genuine juggernaut team in Fnatic. Um, but especially when they went to split to close that map out, just the aggression, but also the the guy behind just being there on point every time to be able to to trade out the kill and it gave them so many advantages they just they overwhelmed Fnatic with aggression and pace they just dominated them yeah i will say i think part of this is the effect of um part of summon's dominance when they were summoned now Fnatic was i think off the back of a lot of significant lack of tape um in some part yeah, I think maybe someone played a lot of tier two tournaments, though. They did, yeah, they did. Uh, but but wave coming into this, obviously, have an idea of how Fnatic were going to play. I would say, yeah, no, yeah. not to discredit them, and also not to discredit a lot of what uh, what Fnatic have, have achieved in 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 the tournament. I'm not saying that they only succeeded because teams didn't have game tape on them. That's not true at all. But uh, but I think there's that element of it alongside the fact that they literally only played the one BO3 and it wasn't double elim. Yeah. Like it's, uh, well, it, I, I could definitely yeah. foresee if this was double elimination, Fnatic making a comeback in a lower bracket with yeah. a bit of time to adapt. I, I could definitely see that. Fnatic are still an extremely good team. I mean, as well, the t the map that they are tactically the best at, Bind, they rolled Wave on Bind. Mm, and it yeah. wasn't that they were running something new. They ran the same thing they ran against Liquid. But that comp from Summon, from Fnatic, sorry, is incredible insanely good on bind yeah. i mean that is like no one's been able to come up with the solution for it they put up 10 attacking rounds sometimes it's it's monstrous um, uh, yeah i but will then say they just lost out on the other two I, I i do agree with you to an extent though um Brent. there are definitely things that you can take from Fnatic just watching like certain things with their comps that you can come to expect but also i think it works what you were saying is actually worse for wave because their style once it was working because Fnatic did not expect their players to be that aggressive yeah. and that deep in with utility. I mean, just look that at that fucking Haven mid-peak on yeah, this clip. They just crazy. walk out and spray down yeah. and win. So uh, once you play against that a couple times, you come to expect that yeah. aggression yeah. and you counter. This so. was an upset result for sure. Yeah. But also... You, you have to pay attention to Wave now. Mm -hmm. They are really a team that's on the come up and they've got a lot of good things going for them. They feel very young though. They're a young team. They're still figuring it out. They're not a well-rounded team just yet, but they're, they're on the come up and they've got a great opportunity to show what they're made of in Challengers too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Real quick as well, monkey business. I feel like I've been given the golden Willy Wonka ticket into Challengers <laughs> 2. They have, this, this team, uh, I feel like, have locked yeah. into... Not locked. I think it's a wrong word because they did 
earn their spot without a doubt. They beat Entropic, they beat Vitality, yep, and they beat and they beat uh, Guild, Guild so, to get to this yeah. point. So Good they wins. deserve their spot. However, when you look at these teams, I feel like, especially if you watch the games, one of these teams is not like the others. And <laughs> yeah. Monkey Business, which it's rumored heavily hinted at that they're going to be uh, OG, which is a very very popular uh, org in in the Dota scene. I mean, two time TI winners as well, very reputable. Um, but yeah, I, I, I question now, this is my concern, is that we're going to be looking at challenges too, and I pray that the format has improved. But I feel like when you get into the meat of that tournament, when they have good seeding because of this result in Challengers 1, the expectation is, for me, that they're not going to be able to stand up to some of the rest of the competition. Yeah, I think when you look, when, when we were watching Guild versus Monkey Business, Monkey Business had some good <laughs> ideas on Ascent. Element on the Sage, dominating B main, um, AKM on the op was doing pretty element well. Fucking pounds. And yeah, an element playing Rainer on Icebox always puts up insane yeah. stat lines. Like he's in an incredible player. But did I think the guild were doing anything correctly to counter them? No, not even one thing. I couldn't point you to one thing the guild did well. And, and Ascent is their best map. I mean, this was atrocious from guild. If they watch this back, I'm sure they would agree with me as well. Because yeah, this wasn't I... even guild playing anywhere near their level. They, it, this was shocking. This was one of the worst games that I've seen of EU Valorant. It was... It was awful. And that doesn't mean that both teams were awful. Monkey Business were just doing their stuff and Guild gifted them the win. I mean, they Monkey Business got away with absolutely everything they tried. I they mean, just pushed push out of mid, main, every round. pushed down mid. I mean, they just pushed everything, never got contested. It was, it was a tragic game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if... I'm, I hope Guild watched it back, and I would be surprised if they were not very disappointed in the performance. So, I mean, hopefully they can bounce back from this, yeah. uh, because... They're better than this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they are better than this. Overall, do, just, do yeah. I think if Monkey Business had gone up against Liquid, who went out, or if Monkey Business had gone up against G2, who went out, would they have gone through? No, no don't fucking way. So. I don't no. think Monkey Business are a better team than either of those two, but they got a good bracket, and they beat the teams in front of them, and those teams in front of them are still pretty highly respected. So, yeah. They earned a spot. Yeah, well, well sure. done to these guys, especially because such veterans from the Overwatch scene as well. Yep. Unco, AKM, yeah, and Twick. I think you mean unknown. So cool. I think unknown. you mean unknown. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying when Mitch Mann was over there, like, unknown gets the frag again. Like, Who is that? And he did it for four rounds, like, well, a lot of rounds. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I think our general takeaway of EU is going to be probably subdued because one, we are over the allotted time. And two, it's it was a weird format. And it's almost kind of just leading into the Challengers 2 is what this was. It felt like almost like a precursor. This was just a qualifier. Yeah, it like, was purely a qualifier. Why did they butcher really what could have been a great tournament and just make it into a qualifier? Uh, the, yeah, it, it kind of anyway. sucked. Oh, yeah, not to mention the prize pools in EU are also just way lower. Yeah, it's like 21 euros. Yeah, it was 17,000 euros. Yeah. yeah, and the NA is 50k. I worry that they are appalling. Uh, what is it? Asphyxiating the, yeah. the EU region. Uh, that was a Why? big word. I'm proud of myself. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Do they? Do you want more players to transition over to the game? Do you want? I mean, it seems this like isn't... EU as well. Given from the the kind of leaked, extrapolated data from the leaderboards, EU is a major region. Yeah, you want to it try is. and you yeah. want to try it's and the biggest. I mean, this this is the not the biggest. Not that it's the be all end all of the game's success, because at this point it isn't. But 
Do you, like this is not going to convince any CS guys to Just come to over that are switch. in EU. Yeah. Like the no. like the, the the some of the greatest players in NA right now were rising CS talent in tier two, tier three NA. That's those guys are not going to switch yeah. over in EU. Common this issue, is the format honestly, and the yeah. prizes and common oh. problem of big corporations that are based in America is a neglect yeah. in EU. I yeah. mean, we saw it in Overwatch. Yeah, I want to give a little bit of time though. I know that we're over the limit, but I I feel like we have to. We can't just cuck EU completely because we. Sure. I mean, the way planning. I look at this, yeah, we, we, we next like episode we we have time, right, to go over a bit of a preview as well, and in turn we will be talking about Europe a bit more. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think is the way I'm looking at this is that I think we didn't even watch a lot of the games that we could watch because we were busy watching North America. Uh, I mean, I caught up on them, but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you're a fucking freak. <laughs> you're, you're a freak of nature. Somehow you find hours in a day. I don't know how you do it but he manages it every time. But yeah, if you want to say your piece, I but I think we are small... also going to be talking more next episode yeah. as well. If anyone wants to go and watch a great game, watch FPX play against Liquid. These are yeah. two tier one teams, double OT God, in both matches, so in both maps. Awesome game, scream popping off. I didn't see why FPX changed to Dimasic. That is yeah, still a fucking mystery to me. I, I, yeah, he was but, fine. Yeah, he was fine. They won. Could've, again, could have told me it was Meadow and I'd have believed it. If he yeah. just changed his alias... But uh, so I, I want to see more, and if any of you guys have any idea about what Dimasic was doing differently, please put it in the comments because it completely missed me when I was playing, uh, when I was watching. And also, NIP maybe the most interesting team in yeah. Europe right now. I love this new NIP. Existence is leading that team. They're playing a lot of the time, not on every map, but a lot of the time, zero duelist compositions where they're playing with the Sage, they're playing with the the um, the Sova, the Breach, the um, the Omen, and then the hello. Brain work. What what's Silver Breach? Yeah, what's the final Omen's, agent that they're using? There? Oh god, my brain. Uh, the Viper. Uh, is it? Viper. No, yeah. uh, no. No, what but the, they didn't. The they didn't do it on this map. They did. They did. did you they say played Sage? JD Cipher, Breach, yeah. Omen, Sage. Oh my so. brain. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just yeah. losing my mind here. Because the yeah. other maps versus G two, they did play Duelist because they played Rays. Yeah, they have rhyme. Yes. On the yeah, yeah, they have rhyme on the Rays on some maps. This team is awesome. Existence, by the way. If, you, uh, if you're interested in looking at a, a very short interview that was done with Existence, it was on uh, runitback.gg, I think. Let me just double check that. But it was, yeah, runitback.gg had an interview with Existence where he talked about how all in he is on Valorant, where he was saying that he's the guy that's primarily calling for this team. He's like doing a lot of work IGLing them. He said, yeah, they're going to have to pick it up and take some of the pressure off me at some point. But right now it's mostly me. He's saying he's changed his name to Akuko Sihe because he wants to leave his past in CS. And mm. this is him all brand new, fully committed to Valorant, which I think is a fucking cool. dope storyline as yeah. well. I'm going to continue calling him existence for a little bit just because it it carries over the... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. How the fuck do you say his, of the... his new name now in game? It's, is uh, it Akuko? Akuko's. Akuko's? Yeah. Just Akuko's? Yeah. Okay, good. It's um, it's Zosa for there is no mercy or no mercy, and he said he chose that title because it it reminds him of the killer instinct he needs in game. So so edgy, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so edgy. But I just thought it's it's really I'm cool that it. this guy with such a legacy and a history of being excellent at IGLing and CS has chosen to not. That is awesome. He's chosen to not use that as a crutch to get good in Valorant and use his name as like, hey, I'm Existence, come play with me, you know what I'm capable of. He's 
said his nose to the grindstone and was like, this is a fresh start for me. I'm going to get good at Valorant because I'm good at Valorant. I'm not going to rest on my laurels from CS. I think that's a fucking baller story moving forward. It's a good mentality as yeah. well. It and I think Existence has done a great job with this team. I'm fucking yeah. hyped for Nip. Yeah, In I'm some of the other interviews as well, his teammates, when they were being interviewed after their wins, were saying how much of an improvement Existence coming in has helped them. Yeah. Just in every sort of every single aspect of their yeah. gameplay. Yeah. Um, just overall, a huge addition to this one. Yeah, and they're looking well. damn, yeah. damn good. JD's a nutcase. Rhyme's incredible now as well. Korea's finding value where he was previously a bit Korea lackluster. actually had a pretty... I know we talked about that he was maybe going to be the weak link because he still only played Omen for the most part. So who knows what his agent pool moving forward will still, if that would be an issue. But he actually did he had a pretty good game versus G2. Yeah, yeah. All he considered. did. He was finding a lot of entries. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel extremely excited about this team. All right, I promise you, next episode, we will probably do some sort of preview. Yeah, for challenges too. Yeah, assuming and I that we have time, we for can it. probably recap Korea and yeah, Brazil a bit as well. Say. Yeah, definitely, because I yeah. want to watch all those games, but they all happen at the same time on the same day. I mean, we could just make an episode four hours. Games. We're at three hours now. So <laughs> next uh, we're hours. not going to do that. We are going to move on to the news, which is T1 signing automatic and also the new coach that they've got, which is a. <laughs> you could spend an hour on this. Yeah. This is <laughs> mental. So long, so long on this coach. I went, when I saw this announcement, I was like, okay, so Wyatt told me about the fraud conspiracy and fraud did all the, you know, fraud was yeah, finding his injustice. That's what Wyatt told me. <laughs> Came to that and then they signed own. a new coach. And this guy, I looked through his Liquipedia. Tin he has prints. never once been a coach or in a coaching position ever. In it's any It's so game. strange. Uh, but I think, okay, here's where I think they're going with this. Here's <laughs> he, where I think they've gone with this. He's a sports psychologist, right? He's a sports he's psychologist. A psychologist. And typically, the head coach role, at least in Overwatch, almost facilitates some of the managerial aspects and the managing of yeah. the players in more of a macro sense. The strategy is left to some of the uh, analytical coaches in games like Overwatch. I don't know what, if it happens in other esports. I don't know if it happens in other sports as well. Generally speaking, I think the, the general manager might be filling yeah, that kind of role yeah, in, in, in most like sports. It. But this is where I think T1 are going with this one. They're like, fuck <laughs> it, he played Quake, we'll throw that in so we don't get... <laughs> We don't, so we don't get too much of a lashback. You know, Joe Rogan says it all the time. Why not this guy? They've thrown that one in. And this is where I think that they're taking this one. They're putting him in a more of this almost people management position. Do they have an analytic coach for T1? No, because no. fraud was ostensibly that, so, I suppose. So they have, so they have, they have fucking, no, wait. They have a, a psychologist and no analytic coach. Right. And I'd argue and they, T1 is a roster that could benefit heavily from more strategic coaching. And just Absolutely. figuring out their roles and shit like 100%. that. One hundred percent. Which is why this feels weird because I think they've titled him as a head coach, but that probably will not be what he's fulfilling. He will probably be fulfilling almost like this managerial position where the players, if they have issues, internal issues within the team, he is the one who's going to be rectifying that and and mending bridges that might get burnt in the process, whatever. But yeah. alongside that, you need good structure in the form of analytical coaches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe just, I mean, for now, just one because the game hasn't developed that much uh, to, to needing a full team and structure but in overwatch it has developed to that point yeah. where you need multiple coaches you need full teams of people to manage your rosters valorant will get to that point and t1 i feel like this is just like i feel like this move without looking at the bigger picture i imagine they are looking for another coach i mean i also want to know who the fuck is the general manager of this team who's making these decisions yeah I'd, like who's, sure. whose decision is this yeah, Maybe he's can coach I all the way this, down. He's just manipulating everyone with his mind I, yeah, I, I, I said this to you the other day, but with these decisions, I would love to know who is making them because who, how, why? I think we know <laughs> why. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Up, up. Uh, who the hell on T1 
got all the X I buy power guys together with fucking spider. It, like who made that decision? Like not that it's bad. It's well, just fair, so Spider, out of left spider, field. He had, uh, didn't they sort of know because there was a connection from Overwatch with people knowing Saya player and but then like can, the T1 who, guy but, 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 who knew it. Who's the yeah? I'm what I'm trying to find out here is what is the missing link? Where does Spider fit into that? And how does that connect to now the decisions being made with? It's either is AZK gone? Is Brax gone? Are they both gone? I mean, reportedly AZK is gone, and who knows if Brax ethics nerd street gamers? It all connects. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, and I just want to get to the bottom of it. Maybe it's just a grid unraveling, and the psychologist guy—he's there to just like fix that. Like he's here to fix (laughs) this broken home scenario. You know, he's here to come in, and like everyone's gonna vent their feelings. And they're going to be good. They're going to be okay. They're going to deal with whatever trauma. It is with. extraordinarily strange. I mean, there, 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 was some, there is some master puppeteer in the shadows behind the scenes. And we I don't, don't know their I name. Don't we don't is. know their face. But somehow they're just orchestrating all of this. Yeah, and the, and the just, decisions that they make, there's never a why accompanying it. And no. so it's on, uh. it's on the people to try and deduce the why. And that is so nonsensical because you never are going to get the, the right answer. So... For one, yes. I will say, very early on when we were doing the T1 preview or we were going to do it, yeah. Tucker introduced us to Wawa, who was one of, the play- one of the people at T1 who was making the decisions for a lot of this. Now, I've, I've looked at Wawa. They had a lead North American game ops and talent scout for T1, which right. I think is one of the people. So mm. if we want to find out, we can probably just message them yeah. instead of speculating <laughs> yeah. like this. Yeah, no, but also, I want Wyatt to plant crazy ideas in my head some more. I want him but, to radicalize what me I, just a what bit I, more. What I want to know, and what we'll probably ask and maybe find out is, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Why are they signing automatic? <laughs> so if they were signing automatic to replace AZK, I think that that could be an all right move. I think AZK's agent pool has been a bit of a, a bit of an issue for T1, where he's only looked his best on the breach, and yet the team seems like they want to move away from the breach style, and then that's they've kind of run into hurdles there. So if it was a full team decision that everyone was on board for to replace AZK with Automatic, I could be on board for that. But it doesn't seem like that's the case, because now there's whisperings about Brax maybe going. They've signed up with Curry on the VCT page. I don't... I, I feel like there's a disconnect here between the team and the managers. I'm telling you, there's a deeper... I mean, especially with fraud <laughs> leaving, like, it, to me, honestly, why, why it's ethics. definitely planted this, this idea in my mind that there is actually one... If, if more people besides just AZK, AZK leave this team, like, if Brax leaves as well, and they're making these weird moves, like, this is 100% a roster in flux at that point. This is a roster that something, a core ideology of what this roster was formed has been violated and they're sort of making these changes like 100 percent of mine you cannot because i've seen this happen way too many times to not mm. know that's the case like if but that's only if more people are leaving that's yeah and we thing. we have no idea whether brax is leaving or not well that was a rumor in, in based this on video they only show days they only show spider they only show scar uh, yeah and that's part of the and reason that people are speculating the VCT roster there. exactly it's, right it's, everything seems to line up yeah. with brax no longer being on the roster but also then you have the question who made that decision? Because right. it, Brax has previously um, not like uh, has previously dropped out of teams that, when they've made decisions that he's disagreed with. Right? I think that happened in CS with oh, some God. of the I'm some sure. of the former I, players. I, I can't remember. That are, I was reading I this on Reddit anyway. I, I maybe not true. But the idea being that it could potentially be 
Brax leaving the team because he's not a fan of the decisions that have been made in much the same way that Frod made it seem like he left the team because of uh, yeah. not the agreeing ethics. with decisions. <laughs> or it could be that they're trying to replace Brax, which you could see, again, some argument for because Brax was supposed to be their superstar and hasn't lived up to it. But that you've only given him like two weeks to learn Jet mm-hmm. and he looked all right on it. Yeah. You're really going to get rid of him that quickly? It doesn't seem like that would be... Listen, the right move. There's just so many questions. I don't know what the fuck is going on. No. And also, to speak strictly to them getting automatic, cool. I think it's yeah. cool that it, it's cool. Uh, probably the coolest thing about it is like uh, having automatic and Skadoodle back together on team. Relive the glory days. Win a, 2018. Win, win a Valorant major, you know? Yeah. But I, I honestly am not that excited about this. And I, I think it's just because we, we've come to the point in Valorant where there are so many good upcoming players and amazing young talent. The scene is, is being developed. It's being flushed out. The, the talent pool in NA is just ridiculous, man. So, like, I don't know, getting, getting another XCS pro coming over now. We've seen it. It's cool. But I've seen it. I don't know. It's, it's, and there's nothing to go off. So... Yeah, who knows how good it's going to be, I don't know. Be, right? It doesn't like, excite me that much. It's, yeah. it's cool, the, but the, it's not... I think the reason for me is uh, the lack of vision. What you said, uh, Abbas, kind of like triggered something in my mind. Just because they, when this team was being made, they had a vision. With Brax, with this, the, IB, the I by Power crew getting yeah. back together, uh, and there was the hype around it. You remember the ESPN article about Brax oh, yeah. the Golden Boy? Yeah. Everything being built People around this team. People thought they might dominate the early scene of Valorant. Yep, and that was the expectation, is that they would dominate. But as as they found out, you know, those expectations are a bit harder to meet uh, meet than than what they probably thought. Um, but yeah, it seems like it is just turmoil within this team. Um, and the direction that they want to go in is unknown. I'm banking on them not showing all their pieces yet and that's why the the picture looks hazy you know what i mean like they, they haven't shown everything that they've got planned i imagine they've got more moves being made i hope so at least and that's why this looks like just fucking chaos from the outside in but we'll see um yeah. it's see. also just a very weird time to make a roster move between like when you have a week to qualify for challenges too well surely you would have well, just wanted to try more time with this yeah, or you just comp you, you make then, the move after challenges too, whether right. you win or lose for, for the next. Which should apply to me that it's even more explosive. Like if you're yeah. if you have to make this well, move right yeah. now, and this has been repeated in the past multiple times, if a move has to happen in the middle of something big, it's just because it's such a fucking disaster. Like whatever the ongoing event is, that something still, needs to be done. What you said earlier when we were discussing the bottom eight of NA was. That, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of games to be played in the course of this year yeah. in the right, point yeah. system, yeah. and that maybe their approach is quite macro in the fact that they're not worried about this early tournament, despite the fact that it would be great for points in keeping this roster. The sooner you start making changes, the better. Is probably what they're thinking. Yeah, that um, could be in terms of the grand scheme of things. Anyway, I, I just think we need some answers, but we do. We should probably ask for those answers not instead of then. speculating. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the last piece of news we're covering before the final topic is C9 signing Poise as the sixth member um, of this team. Cloud9 making changes. They need to make changes. They're on a, a, the, the downward trajectory. So this is um, just them kind of just trying to, I guess, reinforce the roster a little bit. I mean, I don't know what this is them trying to do. Yeah. Is, this, the, the direction is he is going weird. to join as a sixth and then in two weeks they're going to decide, you know what? Sorry, Mitch, but... You're going to be the sixth now. 
Is that what this is? Or is this genuinely they want to have six guys on the roster so they can have a jet main for specific maps? Well, I think that's what they said, right? They Which want is map-specific jet there's play. There's like 10 agents in this game. Yeah. And they don't yeah, have Yeah, but mechanics. there's going to be 200 in a couple years. So what if we have a 200-man roster? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, about that? <laughs> I mean, I just don't buy this six-man roster theory. Like Rubino I don't and don't buy it. It, this isn't Overwatch right now. And more importantly, agents in this, agents in this game, there are not a lot of uh, like ability, mechanic-specific ways to get kills that you have to train. There's no Doomfist. There's no Genji. You are not practicing uh, specific mechanics inherent to one agent that determine whether or not you have impact in terms of fragging in the game. Mm -hmm. I mean... People aren't running around practicing their raise rockets in training mode. No. It's just not what the game is about. And and again, to that effect, how many agents are in the game right now? Genuinely, like 15 or something? 16? Uh, I don't know. There's one every new week. I or every uh, new one every week. But it, there's not a lot is the point. So I just think this, I don't know. I don't know, again, what do, I don't know what to think of this. Six-man roster, heretic six-man roster. I mean, I see this. They as... don't qualify. They need to doink give... machines here. I just don't. What's happening? The the <laughs> coaches or the people making the decisions for these teams need to publicize the reasons as to what what they're trying to achieve with the six-man roster. And then also, I just I just like this guy. There was a there was a cool interview that uh, Valorant themselves actually put out because he was at the top of the scoreboard. It's yeah, it's the one that they just mm -hmm. sh showed there. Founding player Doink Machine ninety seven, <laughs> and and he seems like a cool dude. Like he's he's one of the people that's just been on the grind trying to improve, and now he's got his shot at actually performing. And I wish him all the best. I, I hope that he's very successful. Oh my god, this, he's really this good. Team well, that's the thing. Just got. Oh, this, I, I, that clip was just fucking, oh my god, that was he's a daddy dick. That, that, that's the thing, though. He's really good. He was another, he was another one of the players from Soar, which was just the, the ultimate farm team for, for tier one orgs. Um, he's super talented. He's really good. Just start him on the roster. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's, I, I just don't see the purpose of the six-man thing. So from that perspective, I, that's what I find odd. Signing him, not odd at all. He's really good, and he should be on a Tier 1 team. Um, he absolutely deserves a shot. But then just give him a shot. Get, don't, yeah. What is the, the semi-bench? I, I, that I'm just lost on right now. In the state of Valorant, I find it so unnecessary. But They're probably filling out their options. They want him. They're experimenting, and then... It is going to be a case where in a couple of weeks they are just going to cut somebody. I think that's what's going to happen. I, I, I think it's going to be a sorry, Mitch. You're on the bench now. Or, or, in like or, or Mitch moves to full time Sentinel because they want him on Killjoy all the time or something, and someone else gets the boot. It's not necessarily sure, maybe. Yeah, straight it doesn't for necessarily have to be straight for Mitch. Yeah. yeah, we yeah we can we can actually speak to probably Robin about this move. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, I think that's the other thing as well. You got to remember that Cloud Nine have just got a new coach and a new GM who are not from the world of CS, as far mm -hmm. as I'm aware, right? So they might do things very differently. They actually yeah. might try map-specific jet play, and that's something that they, they want to try out because it's Listen, the case in some other esports. If it works, God bless. Yeah, I mean... I mean if you can make it work, that's pretty oh crazy. I, I want to uh, see. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see what All they right. do with it. Yeah. All right. We are three hours, 10 minutes in.
Almost. <laughs> final segment. Final destination. <laughs> Let it rip, Kurt. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see you there. It's time for Wyatt's Weekly Award. <laughs> and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Wow. There it is. Uh, you could have been a little bit more convincing acting on that. Uh, listen, we were recording those for like, for, I mean, four hours. <laughs> there are so many. Uh, this week, yep. the award goes to a man who, he's actually, he's been getting a lot of well-deserved credit in the scene recently, and uh, that is sick from mm. Sentinels. And I have to get, one, one thing pushed it over the edge for me as to why uh, I'd like to give him the award this week. And that is that bind game you were talking about earlier where he went Phoenix on bind for, I believe, the first time in that yeah. role swap. He'd been playing Rays on there previously, and that was really the key for them turning their bind around. And winning against Immortals, who, as you were saying, were just phenomenal on bind throughout the entirety of the tournament, that was the critical map win. We thought that was going to be a lockup a for Immortals. We, yeah. we really mm -hmm. thought that was a lock for them. Uh, and to come out and win it in, I mean dominant fashion really i mean they were in control of the game the entire time and sick from the beginning of the game he had an alt on round three i mean that's just the snowball he was just he had an excellent game the entire time on that map he had an excellent series and he's just been consistent for them throughout he, he's been not only one of the best players in clutches but one of the most versatile players in terms of agent roles and doing what his team needs and then uh, they're at a point as well where if one role with him doesn't work, he, he can do something else. He just has so yeah. many different agents in his pool at this point. He's just been rock solid for them for a long time. And I think that really this performance on Bind, this was the critical performance for him to have to get Sentinels this win in, in the finals locked up. Um, and so for that, the weekly award. Hmm. He's the first two-time winner. Did he win before? Did, I think, did I think Sick, Sick may have won previously. I don't. I can't remember. I, yeah, I, did I, I give one to? We Sick have a before? list of all the weekly awards. We have no, a we list don't. Of them. Where no, are the trophies? We, we can just do it based off the trophies, right? We I mean, we've got guess based off what they look like. We've got five trophies right now. Yeah, we've we sent the trophy to multiple people. We need to get. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need to order some new trophies. Yeah. yeah. I I also think though that the thing that is most often noted about Sick is the least impressive thing, which is he plays so many agents. Mm -hmm. D to me, Sentinels are in a much better position right now because they solidified Sick onto a few key agents. Mm. Uh, yeah. the, the breach wasn't working. The raise wasn't working. Yeah, it's impressive that he's got such good fundamentals that he can play a lot of agents, but taking boiling that down to he plays Phoenix on Haven, Bind, and Ascent just elevates the level of their bind in particular, but also their ascent to some degree. And his Sova has been really good, and you've got him back on the Sage when it comes to split. These are, these are the things that are putting Sick in the best position possible, is finding the agents that he can actually play to an elite level instead of him just playing meta agents to an all right level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they've, they've definitely arrived at that point. And yeah. it's, but it's, it's also, yeah, it's like the willingness throughout, though, for him to have attempted to play, I mean, every agent in the book, yeah. there, aside from the Sentinels. But then, yeah, now to ar arrive at a place where he looks very comfortable is uh, very good. And it's, I mean, promising for the future. Sentinels look 
like they're uh, firmly back on top, at least for yeah. now. Uh, what an episode. Huh? <laughs> yeah, we're at three hours, ten minutes. What an episode. Yeah. I yeah. think I might need to do a better job. I think we spent too much time talking about NA. We just we, we spent an incredible amount of time because the Shazam rant was also it splits into like five different other topics because it goes into like a meta balance and yeah, like also like all it's like literally five topics in one topic was a big portion of it. Intriguing. So, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. imagine yeah, if we try to fit in the discussion about whether or not the op should be changed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or the age and balance a little bit. Imagine if we actually wanted to like spend more time talking about Europe, but or Europe, <laughs> yeah, or talking about Europe. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. If we talked at all about Korea yeah. or Brazil. That's no, kind that's of crazy. Next week. That yeah. has to be next week. Uh, yeah. Let us know in the comments what you think about Automatic being added to the T1 roster. Um, we'll, we'll read some of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, we'll that's read, gonna get, that's we'll gonna, read some of them. It's going to get them commenting. Yeah, what if we just crowdsource the comments to make we might like read a them. Sorry, I interrupted you there, Avast. No, no, no. I was just saying something stupid. Keep going. I Yeah, I do this often, actually, when you're making a joke. I just kind of interrupt you, and then I ruin the joke, and I ask you, sorry, could you repeat that joke? It, it will be better once I move into the house, you know? Yeah, it will, actually. Once we're able to see each other. You I can personally. sleep under the stairs. Uh, yeah, I was, I'm, nah. I was telling you, Avast, we got a great spot, a nice location under the stairs. It's, I want to say... 10 by 3, if you can manage in that. I, I think but maybe I, less than that. Maybe it is 10 prison by three, cubicle. Yeah, it's real small. Anyway, thanks for watching, everybody. Just leave a comment for the engagement. I don't care what you put. You can just, as long as it doesn't look like spam, just make sure, just like, if yeah. you just be for like. For the algorithm. Just do it for the algorithm, you know, and for us, if you want us to be successful, I guess. I don't know. If you enjoyed it, just put like a little smiley face, maybe some emojis like, oh. Blush emoji. <laughs> anyway, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you very soon for more content. Are we doing back chat? Yeah. Are we doing back chat? So we'll With see you. JC Stanny. JC Stanny. Back chat will be out on the Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs>